How's your new computer working? It's pretty good. I I have forgotten how many things I have to reinstall for sure. Yeah, yeah. Skype recordings. I'll try this one, I guess, because this other one won't open. What I want to say is that I think we should definitely keep all of this in the episode. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. This conversation oh, right now. I mean, this is... This is thrilling stuff. Yeah. No, I think that people want to know, like, where you've been, what you've been doing. Yeah, and... like, whether or not I have a means to to get a backup recording of the call. Yeah. I think, and I think you trying to troubleshoot a problem you don't understand, like, could give a nice summary of, you know, your time with this computer, your last week or so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people have been wondering, like, how my computer build is going that's yeah. exactly what they're not wondering i get i get like dms all the time like what is going on Honestly, what's your you status probably do like for no the sake i don't of get the, any the dms show, at least people asking like why the fuck i mean when are we not late on recording an app constantly like unaware of a schedule like that's mm. listen it's the let's watch two movies way anyway i've got a skype recorder going now and it's it appears to be recording. I like that. I like the added risk of an episode that may or may not exist. I think it will. I mean, no, it's fine. We've got, I believe you. We've got multiple mics on happening. the on the ones and twos, as they say. This mixer, it's so hot. It's so fucking hot. Are you gonna <sighs> date it? I'm gonna marry it because oh, I've wow. decided to just go all the way with it. You know, when something feels right, it feels right. Which you know. <laughs> You just gotta go with that. <laughs> anyway. All right, should we start talking about so, yeah. a movie? I'm Maddie. Hey, I'm Mary Ellen. Oh my God, we are here to just talk some movies to you. Mm-hmm. We're about to start up another couple of movies. Hell and yeah. <laughs> we are gonna be doing some movies with some serious female villains, or at least mm-hmm. that's how these movies are seen. We'll we'll be the judge. We'll be mm, judge, jury, more and like or executioner of <laughs> these movies. Yes, and I'm excited. The two that we're gonna discuss are. Gone Girl and Hard Candy, but the first mm-hmm. one that we watched is Gone Girl. Yes, we both of us like literally just finished yeah, watching yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like hot off the DVD. We just well, I know pe- checked it out. <laughs> People have been messaging me like, I want fresh views. I want your opinions right off the gate. I yep. want you thinking too much. And I was like, you're right. We yep. need to give some of that, you know. As soon as the credits roll, we plug in our microphones <laughs> and we just get the fuck going. It's wild, honestly. Like, you guys don't even... <laughs> the level of energy that we're bringing to this. <laughs> I mean, it's about as energetic as we could be at 8.43 on a Monday night. So anyway... This is Let's Watch Two Movies. <laughs> it sure is. Did we not say the name of the show? Listen. I don't think so. I said we're going to watch some movies. Watching movies is fun, but why only watch one when you could watch two and hear us talk them through? We'll pick a pair of flicks on similar topics, then we'll tell you our analyses. Let's watch two have a format no and we never no. have had one and people i think part of what people like about this podcast is you're very freewheeling you're we're very creative yeah um i think a format would really box us in i think if we remembered how we did episodes each time wouldn't be as interesting 
Um, I mean, we're constantly iterating on a process that arguably already hasn't worked, but you know, mm. that's, that's why we're constantly just, just changing it up. We're going to keep recording episodes until one is good. <laughs> I hope someone will let us know when we get there. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know who will be the judge of that, but we'll, I, we'll figure it out. Probably one of our two teenage fans will tell us. Um, so I read the book Gone Girl mm-hmm. like two and a half years ago and I I enjoyed it I mean it's it's a very unusual story and I guess mm. we will somehow not spoil the twist until we get to the mm. spoiler section at least Ooh, I think yeah. we should try to in case somebody yeah. has somehow evaded it or evaded there's multiple twists kind of so yeah if you have evaded them we'll try not to spoil them um but I mean, you exist in the world, right? So you probably know like some of it. Like I don't yeah. know. I don't think it's a twist to say that the female character, the main female character in this movie, is sort of like a contentious figure in terms of like literary criticism and film criticism. Like that's not and, a and gender criticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just what people think about this movie is a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I did like the book, but I kind of went into the book sort of already knowing that. So I was kind of prepared, like, okay, this is going to be a book about a a heroine who I, I maybe we're not supposed to like, or maybe we are supposed to like her, but, but we're supposed to kind of feel complicated about how much we like her and how we're rooting for her. And... Um, so I guess I would recommend the book. The movie is written by the same woman who wrote the book. Yeah, Gil- which is Gillian unusual. Flynn? Gillian Flynn? I'm not sure. I don't know. Who cares? Um, it is unusual. She adapted the screenplay. And when I saw that, I felt kind of bad for, for liking the book so much more than the movie. But mm. I I just think the book has so much more time to like have gray area established for every character where you're like, I don't really know how I feel about any of these people. Like there's just so many more pages to establish that. And the movie is very long. It's two and a half hours, but it's still, there's just not as much gray area. And that was something that I really enjoyed about the book, but I I do Mm -hmm. still think the movie's pretty interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. But you didn't read the book. You just saw the movie. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm still functionally illiterate. Um, so a lot of these times, you <laughs> go out and read the book for things, and I'm like, sounds great, which I could. <laughs> That's not um, true. One of these days, we're going to we're gonna watch something, and you will have read the book, and I won't have. But yeah, not I yet, feel like, folks. I feel like I already may have read, no, probably not. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, but I feel like, to be fair to you, I feel like I've never read a book and then seen a movie of the book and enjoyed the movie better. I feel like with with novels especially there's so much more room to like very subtly develop things and in, in movies it's you know it's very difficult to translate those things. Um so I, but I you know I obviously didn't read the book so I can't you know do a direct comparison or anything like that. Um but just seeing the movie standalone um I like it. I mean it's not favorite movie ever 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 but i think it's really interesting and thought-provoking and um almost like funny like dark funny yeah. um in, in some instances and i don't know it's it's something that kind of um you know hits a part of me that you know works so yeah for sure and mm-hmm. the movie man i like don't know how to talk about this without spoiling it this is gonna be a yeah. tough pre-spoilers section we, we might just have to yeah we might just have to get really into the um spoiler section really quick and just yeah give kinda because like a- it's like you just have to either see it or read the book like you can't but but i feel like i should try to 
tell people whether enough information that they would know whether or not this is something they even want to check out, you know, like, yeah, like, so it's, I would say it's sort of a thriller slash horror. Yes. Um, and it's kind you, of you a... gave too much away, Maddie. I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> you um, spoiled it. No, I'm just kidding. And I guess we could talk about like the first ten minutes of the movie. So like, we, we could talk about the basic. Like we could talk about as much as the commercials kind of show. I guess I think that's fair game. Okay. Okay. So Ben Affleck plays Nick Dunn, who is like just this sort of schlubby guy as we see him at the beginning of this movie um not for the whole movie but but in the sort of present day nick he seems kind of washed up and tired and he owns partially owns this bar that's just called the bar and it's Mm -hmm. like in a missouri town Mm -hmm. um and his sister margo is a co-owner of the bar these are like some of the first things that we see we sort of meet nick when he's like in a bad mood and he looks all disheveled and 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 one of the first things he does is is bitch about his wife yeah and order order a bourbon or whatever at Um, like 11 yeah and it's like oh things are already going badly in this guy's marriage we don't really know what the deal is Mm -hmm. um you know, he and Margot have like kind of a sweet rapport. We're kind of like, oh, this guy's close to the sister at least. But le- but also it's established that the sister doesn't like Nick's wife, whoever yeah, she is. Yeah, she like barely tries to give her any credit when they talk about her. Right, right, right. So then uh, Nick goes home and his wife is missing. Mm-hmm. And their glass coffee table is broken. So it looks like there's been a break in perhaps. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's sort of befuddled, but he doesn't really see anything else amiss. Um, And so he calls the cops and they show up and they start finding all of these sort of mysterious clues. And 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 I mean, anybody who's familiar with any other legal drama knows that usually the significant other of somebody who's been kidnapped or missing or whatever, that's the person who's immediately implicated. But like real life. Yes, exactly. I mean, like statistically, that's usually what happened like yeah and this especially men for women unfortunately that's just uh, yeah i mean like unfortunately that's a statistical reality and like Mm -hmm. that's gender roles for you folks um brutal so we're gonna be talking about those a lot so nick doesn't know that he's going to be immediately implicated in this but but, so he's kind of befuddled and is like but but i already know the truth so the truth will set me free so like at first he's like answering all the cops questions and then as the first act of the movie continues it, it becomes seemingly more and more clear that like either nick really did do something or this is like a series of bizarre coincidences that seem to be setting him up or whatever. And we don't, Mm -hmm. we, the audience are sort of finding out along with Nick, what really happened, but also we, the audience don't know, at least at first, to what extent Nick is culpable for what happened. Right. Um, And there's a lot of like slow reveals and uh, flashbacks and um, it's basically a mystery. It's a cool mystery. Yeah, and and all we're given in the before anything is revealed or anything of um, Amy's perspective is her old diary entries, right. um, and and sort of the flashbacks guided by those entries. And you know, she starts at the beginning of the relationship, and it's cute, and, and they have like an instant rapport with each other, and they're like almost like nauseously happy, like even yeah, like but three they're also years like in. very pretentious when they first oh, meet God. each other, like. 
this is great in the book too because in the book they there's sort of like alternating chapters between Nick's first person perspective and Amy's diary um Uh and then at a certain point it like switches over to after Amy's disappearance and the timeline like switches up in the book but in the movie they kind of um do a similar thing but there's no voiceover from Nick which I thought was interesting like there's no like accompanying sort of diary sense from him but the book actually does do that which is kind of cool like you get his perspective more Mm. for better for worse um but so you're getting all you're getting this like initial meeting meet cute between them where they're like sort of one-upping each other and they're both writers so they both are like so clever that it's ridiculous like they're more clever than any writers i know and i know some journalists so i don't know anyone who talks like this but something something i really appreciated about this scene especially well and did i tell you i was spoiled for this before i saw the movie for the first time wait you what were you spoiled for for everything yeah for the basic for the basic twist yeah like intentionally because i know you like to look up spoilers yeah oh yeah i looked it up oh 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 i thought somebody like like... ran up to you and they were like mary ellen the end of gone girl is this and you were like what what yeah it was ben affleck (laughs) it was really weird ben just like really wanted to talk to you about how this experience went for him well he he's upset because like i'm not seeing any of his movies i'm not into the whole dc batman run um I you mean, know, that's so, honestly fair. And like, so he was trying to reach I out. I actually and think like, he does a really good job in this. For do, all, I mean, no joking, he does. Sake. I, I, I do think he's good in this. I think he does. I think it's he's very well casted in this role. Um, well, what what was I saying? Oh yeah, you were saying um, you were spoiled for the movie, or you spoiled yourself? Yeah, yeah. But before that, I was saying I like this scene because it almost seems like very practiced and very rehearsed. Yeah. Um, like you're like this. I mean, this is cute, but it feels a little like too quick or like too sharp or that sort of thing and i think that's i think that's important yeah you know what i mean and it, it establishes some running gags that they have as a couple where the chin thing. the chin thing where she's like you have a chin that just makes you look like a criminal or something like yeah. that and he covers up his chin with two of his fingers and it almost looks like he's raising a gun to his lips to sort of oh. blow smoke off a gun like james oh. bond style um not that they mentioned that i just thought it was like interesting that that was what the director chose the blocking to be for him covering up his chin because they never explain anything like that in the book interesting Um, so for that i was like oh that's kind of neat like they're already introducing like a sort of semi-violent element to their relationship but also the stakes are very high because it's like oh you look like a criminal like that's like a sexy thing to say to somebody like (laughs) all right i guess um but also they're so quick-witted both of them but even then it's kind of like nick is really trying to keep up with Amy but at first it seems like he actually can keep up with her at least yeah. initially but they're both or cares very smart enough to. yeah um and so we learn that both of these characters are really smart and quick and they live in New York the city New York City mm-hmm. they're both like fancy schmancy journalist types and then somehow they end up in Missouri in the middle of nowhere with Nick owning a bar and being unhappy like somehow they get from this sort of idealized rich fancy snazzy drinking champagne and trading quips at parties lifestyle Mm. to this very different version of nick that we see um and that's part of it too i think is like how do do they get there and like what's the deal yeah which is slowly like revealed to us through 
you know, what the characters say and their flashbacks and their, you know, what they express to other people. I don't know how much more we want to give away, though. Uh, I will say, generally speaking, like, um, this movie is loaded, like, very deliberately with a lot of stuff about gender and about, uh, like, heterosexual relationships, um, marriages, Mm -hmm. and... um, Like, the stereotypes they're in. Yeah. And, like, like, what you would expect, like the worst marriage stereotypes kind of, to be yeah, yeah. and like it's kind of a commentary on that arguably or it's just a recreation of that like depending on your perspective sure um, and then the, i mean there's it's deliberately set during the recession um and and money and class and prestige plays a lot into things um and like maintaining class class anxiety mm-hmm. um so yeah, so I mean, there's there's a lot to unpack. Um, really good performances, I'd say, by everybody in it, um, especially the actors whose name I'm completely blanking on. I think Rosamund Pike is the actress. Rosamund Pike, yeah, she's. I mean, she's incredible. Um, yeah. I will say. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, it's really thought provoking. I thought it was really engaging. Like it's slow paced, but it reveals enough at a time to kind of keep you engaged. Um, and it's very like atmospheric and like a couple times like. I think if, if you don't know the ending, you're like, what the hell is going Like, it's it's it <laughs> yeah. does a nice job. <laughs> it does. Um, so it that's does. that's kind of my basic thing. Would you recommend it? I would recommend it. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have any content warnings. Like there's some violence in this movie and there's sort of an ongoing abuse narrative. But it's it's presented in a very strange meta way that mm. is not. It's sort of surreal, you know, like it's it, yeah. a lot of a lot of the movie feels intentionally staged in ways that we can't really get into without spoiling it. But I mean, I guess I'll say this is sort of this is a movie about a potentially abusive relationship and and some other things come up. So just yeah. bear that in mind if that's the- something that you don't necessarily want to watch. But it's also like it's all so meta that I, I don't even yeah. know. Uh, how to describe a content warning? I know for what you it. mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will. I mean, there's there's one scene that's particularly violent. Um, right. So if you, if well, you don't there's like a couple violence, different. Yeah. Oh well, there's like a mean. graphic violence scene, and there's like a mm-hmm. couple of like physical abuse scenes. Yes. Yes. Um, and like a talk about it and stuff mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cool. So you would recommend it? I would recommend it, and I would also recommend the book if you're into books i i liked both of them um there's some interesting differences between them that we can get into later but i mean they're both written by the same person and um gillian flynn has done some really interesting interviews about this too and about like writing the book and Mm. so if you are a person who saw it and had his mixed feelings about it like whether you like our show or not i I hope you'll like look into those interviews and see what she has to say because i think that's worth doing yeah, no, I haven't looked at any because, as I said, I literally finished the movie and then Well, I finished on the, the movie mic. 10 minutes before Mary Ellen, I so I had enough time to go look up some interviews. <laughs> Every time, Maddie just puts me to shame. I Most don't know of the... that that's true. I think you that's read, true. like, way more interviews. And you read all that Hulk trivia. I mean, come that on, is, man. Uh, that is true. It would take you, like, five episodes to catch up with the amount of Hulk trivia um, I internalized. <laughs> that was a lot of Hulk trivia. I didn't read any IMDb trivia for Gone Girl, and I'm not sorry about it. Anyway, do you recommend it? It sounds like yes. I do. And this is one of those rare movies where I don't like any character in it. Yeah. Um, I don't but... think you're supposed to, though. Yeah. I still enjoy it as, like... I don't know. Like, I don't feel really connected to any of the characters. I don't feel, like, really emotionally invested. It's more of, like, an intellectual thing. Um, And kind of trying to draw, 
Like it's, I, I like how much it kind of tackles on symbolically and I love how much it kind of goes in on um, the themes it takes on. I don't know. I, I think it's like, I love that Maddie was like, do you think the author of this book is okay? Because <laughs> yeah, it's something that we said to each other before we recorded this. Right. I'm like, how's Gillian Flynn doing? Yeah. Does she need like a call? Does she like, need to like is talk there, now? Is there a Nick Dunn in her yeah. life? Is like my main question for like the woman who wrote this book and anyone who enjoys it like including me i feel like we've all kind of like known a nick dunn yeah or like if you did like i mean if you're a woman who dates men if you did like a composite of all the dudes you've dated you get like a nick dunn yeah Um, you know when they lay faces over each other and you get like a composite image that's nick dunn at the core it is and like just just his collection of flaws is just a really stunning indictment of like the everyman white guy of films yeah in like in an interesting way because it's it's it it still humanizes him yeah Yeah. so yeah Yeah. i mean he's perfect you know i've always said that You've always said that before the before you read the book. Yeah, I mean, before the book came out, I was just like, you know, who seems like kind of a stunning everyman who like is kind of shitty but like still great, Ben Affleck. And everyone's like, "What though, the fuck are you talking about?" And I was like, "I don't know, it's just a feeling I have, just something I think is gonna pay off someday." I t- that did. guy's career—it's really going places," said I. I don't know when I said that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, pre Goodwill Hunting, or were you were you ten? Yeah. Yeah, cool. in fifth grade, I was like, that guy, he's going to be a weird Batman someday. Yeah. Not a good one. Yeah. Anyway, I guess we recommend <laughs> this movie. I don't know. Yes. Let's fucking spoil the shit out of it already. Let's do it. Get ready. Can a movie really be spoiled? Does knowing the plot really ruin a movie? It's sort of a philosophical question. We can't answer that for you. Just figure out what you want to do. But if you don't want to know the plot, turn this off. Right now. Guys, she framed her husband for her own murder. Brutal. Fucking That was the beginning of her her stuff. Yeah. I think you figure it out pretty quick. I mean, it's tough for me because I had like already read the book when I was watching this movie. So I feel like maybe watching the movie and you already knew the spoilers before you saw the movie. So I did, unfortunately. So I don't know. But and even when I was reading the book, I was like, I already kind of knew what was up. But in the book, they set it up. Well, just because people had spoiled it for me. Like, I, w- oh. I was unable to, like, completely avoid the spoilers um, just going into the book. So I, I kind of yeah. knew some stuff, just not the extent of it. Sure. Um, but in the book and in the movie, they sort of, they show you Amy's diary, which eventually the cops find. And Amy's yeah. diary is painting this very romantic picture of her marriage, her eventual marriage to Nick Dunn and like meeting him and he seems really great at first and um there's all these great diary entries in the book where you kind of start to feel like Nick is like sort of annoying and she's too good for him and like some of them they don't include in the movie like I remember there's one where she's talking about having to go to a party with his dumb friends and like (laughs) how bored she is and she's like but I guess I still like him anyway and I remember finding that like very relatable there's a lot Mm. of like small things in the book because there's so much more time you know um but in this it's just kind of like god like amy has all these advanced degrees and also she has this massive trust fund because her parents are like 
Oh, God. I'm telling well, you it's all parents, out of order. <laughs> yeah, you are. Um, let's get back to it. So last we left Nick Dunn off, he was um, being he's at questioned. The bar. Yeah, no, he's getting questioned by the cops. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he, I mean, he keeps, it's, it's like funny, but also like, like a little like, I wouldn't say heart-wrenching, but, like, ridiculous, because, like, he messes up in these subtle little ways, like, constantly. Yeah. Um, where if you're being, a t- like, because he doesn't realize that he's the primary suspect, so he's, like, Which you know, is asking- crazy, because, whatever, I mean, he knows nothing. I don't no. know. No. <laughs> but it's it's also, like, it's interesting for somebody who was, like, that sharp, like, five years ago to, you know... I don't yeah. know. Like, it, it's like he just has descended into this sense of, like, apathy, or I don't know. Um, but he, like, they'll ask him, like, oh, what are your wife's hobbies? What, you know, what are her friends? He's like, I don't know. She doesn't have any friends. And, like, it's just, like, yeah, looks they're like, like he just what doesn't does give a shit. Yeah, they're like, what does she do all day? And he's like, I, I mean, she just reads a lot. It's like, yeah. he's, he literally doesn't know what his wife does all day. And he, he, she doesn't have a job. He works at this bar. Um, mm-hmm. that, that she bought for him. Yeah, she, she's the only owner on the bar. I think we find that out a little later. Like, yeah. facts are peppered in as mm-hmm. the cops find them. And it's sort of like, wow, this guy's wife is completely supporting him. But, like, the bar isn't even that profitable, per se. And, like, mm-hmm. he knows nothing about what she does all the time. Yeah. And, like, slowly her diary entries are sort of peppered in as well. And it, it, it sort of paints the picture of their marriage kind of going south and her feeling like he's ignoring her. Um, that's, a that's like, sort of towards the second act of the movie. Yeah. Um, well, it's, well, it's interesting, though, because, well, I, I mean, in retrospect, once we get towards kind of the reveal in the movie, um, it's hard to determine which, which diary entries are true and which are false and how right. much of them are true and false. Um, and both of them kind of say, like, the beginning was really good um, and seem to, like, confirm that that's the truth, but then you don't really know where she starts to make up lies. Right. Um, and so, but weirdly, for, like, a long time, it seems like they're okay. I mean, I remember it was, like, their second or third anniversary where they are having that very, like, you know, that talk about... Um, the recession, how they'd support each other and whatever happened, they would put each mm-hmm. other first and that sort of thing. Right, um, but that conversation is also kind of where things start to go south, south with them mm-hmm. because she... So, so Amy has this trust fund that is massive because her parents are children's book authors who created a book series based on her life but it's not really based on her life it's like it's called amazing amy and it's like basically just this idealized version of her so we're sort of getting this picture of how amy has been pressured to like perform a certain identity for her entire life oh yeah Um, yeah because everything that real life amy did amazing amy would do it Better. way better yeah like um, if like if amy failed at soccer or, or or whatever it may be whatever sport or pastime she pick up the cello um amazing amy would suddenly become well amazing at it and like right. that's and her you kind of meet her parents and they're like these frenetic older people who wealthy, wealthy. yeah they're very wealthy and so like amy has this massive trust fund and it's not really, like, stated that that's why Nick marries her. Like, it seems like they're genuinely happy. But then yeah. when they have this conversation after their, their I think, three-year anniversary where she's like, hey, so um, my parents are actually in, like, a huge amount of debt and I'm going to have to give them back, like, maybe a million dollars from my trust fund. Um, mm-hmm. And Nick is, like, a dick about it in this conversation. Yeah, yeah. And um, um, he's especially considering his moves later on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like they're 
it's interesting because like the early stages of this movie and the book do a pretty good job of sort of setting up Nick as the asshole. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know at what point they reveal. It's pretty quickly after that scene that that we learn that Nick has also been cheating on his wife, too. Or at least in the book, it's pretty soon. Like, we sort of learn, like, a, another blow against Nick and then another blow, which is that, like, oh, is he only using her for the money is he doesn't even care about her anymore they moved to missouri to like take care of his mom he didn't even ask her if she wanted yeah. to go um once they get there far... she feels totally alone um we see a lot of like her perspective there yeah i think she, it gets pretty i mean at least in the movie it gets pretty far into it until we find out he's cheating right i think it's um, actually like fairly early in the book but yeah okay um but the yeah, so the dick move that Nick pulls when he's talking about, they're talking about their finances and Nick's saying, you know, I'm probably going to get laid off. And Amy's like, no matter what, I'm going to like, we'll figure things out. Don't worry right, about right, it. Right. I might be next. Um, and then she tells him about the trust fund thing. And he's like, what? Like, how could you do that? What? And there's like, and he's like, why would you, you could do it? And she's like, I already agreed to it. And he's like, without asking me. Yeah. Um, which is it's her, her money. money. And it's also yeah. not even really her money, which she points out. Yeah. She's like, it's really my parents' money. And like, they need it. So. Right. Um, and he, he calms down after, and he's like, okay, I guess you're right. But then, I mean, he finds out his mom's sick, moves Amy out to Missouri where she knows nobody. And then kind of just like moves on to like hang out with his family and like people he knows from his hometown yeah um, and doesn't include her in any of it like it's right he starts so going he, out to eat with his old high school friends and like yeah. doesn't invite her and then eventually like gets i guess some sort of professorship at a local school yeah he teaches creative writing um yeah cool job meet a lot of hot young undergrads and <laughs> hey hey why else take the job am i right Hey, yo. <laughs> How do you um, get a job like that? How do I get a job just like being in the middle of nowhere teaching creative writing to hot undergrads? It's, it really seems like a dream gig, honestly. You dream of picking up hot undergrads? I don't, honestly. I don't. Yeah, I just I remembered I'd that. have to read like a lot of bad writing in order to do that job. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, undergrads there. They got um, a lot. You know, every now and then you get you get a really brilliant one, but that's true. That's the one you you pick out in the class, and, and you, you fuck them. Just... just kidding. It's actually unethical to do <laughs> guys, that. Guys, don't. Guys, guys. Just... Nick Dunn is not a hero. <laughs> I'm just gonna level with you. If you're a college professor, don't fuck your students. Don't just, do it. Don't just, do you it. Know, get they a hobby. They don't really lean that hard on that in the movie, but like, yeah, it's pretty fucked up that he does that. Like, She's but... like 20. Mm-hmm. So. Mm -hmm. And like, um, I mean, whatever, we can get to it. But so the move to Missouri is pretty much like the, the you know, real destructive factor in their relationship. Um, Understandably. Yeah. Um, and we see like, you know, Nick just sitting around. He's lost his job. He's just playing video games. Yeah. Um, He's spending her money. What little yeah. is left of it just on shit he wants, like video games and like a MacBook and stuff. Yeah. He's very like he like regresses. He's like adolescent male. He's just hanging out with his mom and his sister. Um, and so at some point, Amy buys in the bar and he just starts to get like shifty and annoyed with her. As far as we know, this is what the diary entries are, are telling us. Right. Um, meanwhile, intervo interwoven with this is the cops investigation. Right. Like the present day, um, the cops investigating and being like, how were things in your relationship? And they so they find um, 
these scavenger hunt clues because every year yeah. for their anniversary, Amy sets up a scavenger hunt. And this is kind of like another sort of piece of evidence of how intelligent Amy is. And like, mm. at first we, the audience don't really f- get the full extent of it. We're just like, wow, she's really clever with wordplay and puns because all the clues are like actually pretty hard to figure out. And they're based mm. on like inside jokes from years ago and like just weird little things. And Nick says like when it was early on in the relationship, it was like fun to figure it out and he could do it. And then he like stopped like at year four, he stopped being able to figure it out. Yeah. Cause he wasn't like emotionally invested enough in the relationship to like give a shit anymore. So um, it's a very symbolic game. You know? Yeah. But like she's keeping it up. And so it's their fifth year anniversary and like all the clues um, I remember like when Nick finds the first one, the cops find it and Nick is like surprised that he can solve it. And he's like smiling. He's like, wow, I actually know this yeah. one. The implication being that like normally he looks at the clues and he's like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, and I would assume that's because Amy made these clues perhaps a little easier for him mm, because she yeah. wants him to be able to solve this particular scavenger hunt, at least up to a certain point point yeah um but we don't know the extent to which she's masterminded it yet but we're starting to get a piece of that just by virtue of like seeing how clever the clues are Mm -hmm. um and we're like oh amy is like very type a (laughs) yeah but even and like whenever we see her writing in her diary it's we see like how meticulously organized she is she's always writing with very girlish pens Mm -hmm. like Like with little animal shapes yeah yeah a little like feather pen on the yeah Yeah. Um, And that continues to play out through the movie, which I love. I think it's such a good detail. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's in. Sorry. Where were we? I don't know. The whole movie's out of order. So we're already like kind of struggling here. Um, Um, So so they start following the clues and it's just like every little thing. It just is like wrong place, wrong time a little bit. Like it's. Or um, right place, right time. If you're trying to frame your husband for murder. You Um, know. Yeah, it's it's like very, it's like orchestrated perfectly. I think I think like when they get to the clue that's in his office for his professorship, yeah. the cop. So there's this female cop, um, Detective Boney, and Rhonda Boney. I think her name is. Mm. Um, and she's I like the main. Cop the main like there's also like a dude cop but i can't remember his name um yeah it's he's played by the kid from um that one movie oh okay <laughs> <laughs> you know how actors appear in other films sometimes i actually don't remember him from anything so i i, I can't help you here. that movie where he went on the road trip with band almost famous oh wow i didn't recognize him at all I and like then he was movie. also in a uh, risk cutters a love story which i haven't seen in a long time that was a weird movie it sounds weird based on the title. No, totally normal. I, I forgot. <laughs> anyway, um, Boney is cool. She's she's like a good cop, but but you know, obviously Nick seems very guilty, so she has to kind of try to be skeptical. But um, there's a lot of fucking clues here. So she finds this pair of red panties like in yeah. one of Nick's outgoing mailboxes or something, <laughs> and she's like, "Is this your wife's?" Like, wow, I guess you guys had a pretty good relationship. You're like hooking up at the office, yeah. And, and Nick looks like very uncomfortable, and mm-hmm. I think this is the moment when he starts to realize that something is wrong here. And yeah. That Maybe the clues mean that his wife had caught on to his affair. 
Yeah, because, I mean, the next thing he does is he tries to get ahead of the cops yep. um, and investigate the next clue by himself. And yeah, so he's he like, claims he doesn't know where the next clue leads, but he yeah. actually does. And he realizes it's his dad's house and he goes there without them. Um, but they follow him or whatever. And, and they find well, the alarm there. goes off because somebody has changed it. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Brutal. Um, like the alarm at his dad's house goes off. And so then the cops show up and they're like, hey, what are you doing here? And he hides hey, the clue in his pocket because he did find the clue at his dad's house. Yeah. Um, and he hides it. He doesn't tell the cops he found it. But um, he also didn't find everything at his dad's house. Mm. Amy's mm. diary was hidden there because the, yes. cl- the clue that is at his dad's house would have said where to find the diary but i think amy somehow psychically knew that the cops i mean there's a lot of fucking planning that happens yeah. in this that's like very coincidental oh, i kept comparing think... amy to the joker when that's we were talking I was just about gonna ask. because it's like <laughs> the extent to which she plans ahead in order to like pull off this frame job like yeah didn't it's... i compare the joker to amy dunn you did you i did. did i did go me oh that's funny but so she hides the diary like in this stove in the basement. And yeah, the and, like this wood stove. Yeah. Um, and then the cops somehow find it later. I don't know. I don't. But rem- that that clue. There's no clue leading to the stove. There's just a clue leading to the house. No, the clue. Okay, so the clue that he finds in the house. Yeah. Is what leads should lead them to the stove because no, that clue says that clue, um, that clue goodies for the- anniversary five something something about fire live or whatever. I thought um, that clue led to the woodshed. Do, does it? I I think so. So I then think how do no, they find the diary? Because they already were suspicious about the father's house because they saw Nick lurking around there. So they're like, let's just peek around, man. All right. I don't know. That's how I... I don't know, Maddie. God. It's probably explained in the book, and I just don't remember it. Yeah, if only we'd had somebody who read the book. Jesus. Listen, I don't know, okay? <laughs> Amy Dunn is smarter than all of us. That's she, the lesson you know, of this movie. It is. She's she's absurdly intelligent, and it, and it starts to get a little terrifying. Um, yeah, starts so, to. God. Starts to. I yeah. think it's a little terrifying. A little uneasy, I, maybe. You yeah. know, I don't know that I would want to be friends with Amy Dunn. No. I mean... I don't know. I don't know about it. Do I admire else. her a little bit? Sometimes. I mean, the same way I admire the Joker. Yeah. You admire um, the Joker? I I don't know. Like, the Joker is cool. Yeah, he's kind of... Well, it depends on which iteration of him. He's got, real. like, a cool purple tailored suit. I feel like sure. I could rock that look probably. You could, I'd um, say. I don't know. Anyway, uh, where were we? God, I forgot how out of order this movie was. Yeah, um, well, there's and there's a lot of like this clue and this clue and stuff. So, I mean, the cops are suspicious. There's I mean, um, Nick talks a lot with his twin sister, Margo. Yeah. Um, and is like checking in with her and she's like, you're being an idiot. Like, yeah. you, have to, you have to be really like careful about what you say and how you say it. And yada, yada. And, and then at some point, his girlfriend shows yeah. up while he's staying at his sister's house and his sister's asleep and they hook up. But then Idiot. his sister catches him when he's saying goodbye to her. And he and she's like, I knew there was something you weren't telling me. You fucking idiot. Like, mm-hmm. everyone's going to find out about this and it's going to be terrible. And you're going to die. Yeah. Because um, there's and, a death penalty in Missouri. Yeah. And like... Mm-hmm she god he nick is fucked guys he's just fucked um i can't remember when they find the woodshed is that next that's later 
Oh, no, because that's like that comes exactly halfway in the movie. Yeah, um, it's right before the break where we realize that Amy has orchestrated all of this. That's like yeah. the final clue when Nick finally and the audience finally figure out what we've already started to suspect, which is that Amy is alive. She set all of the clues up so that Nick would appear to be implicated in her murder. And she also made it look like things were way worse between them than they really were. Because Wait, or as far as we details. know, we don't really fully know. Uh what? Yeah. Sorry. I remember some details. Okay. There's also the neighborhood friend. Right. Um, who claims she is Amy's best friend and uh, it's Casey Wilson who does a really good job. Yeah. <laughs> um it's like a funny role, but it's also like, you know, it's good. Um and she's like she's got like a thick southern accent and like ten children and is pregnant. Like she's yeah. always just handling children. Um but she's like saying like I knew Amy so well, and she was she was having terrible marriage problems, and I know Nick killed her, blah blah blah. And like um, I know Nick was violent, and like she's raising all these suspicions about Nick's temper, and she's like, "What did you do with her?" and stuff at like yeah. rallies and whatnot. Meanwhile, every like public event Nick goes to, he keeps messing up. Like he goes to like the original <laughs> announcement for help, and he smiles next to the picture of his missing wife. God, yeah, He's which is. Re- it's funny it's Um, funny but it's also like kind of a symptom of how nick and amy already had problems and like on some level he was kind of relieved when she was gone oh yeah i mean that's established like way later but it's sort of like just to retroactively explain like their marriage was already on the rocks right um obviously he's already cheating on her so like he has no idea how to react to the fact that she's missing um Mm -hmm. and he knows he didn't do it so he seems to think that his innocence will just sort of naturally exonerate him right he doesn't realize that amy has elaborately framed him for her murder right so he's super fucked um and then during and then somebody takes like a selfie with him where he's smiling yeah Um, and and you know that like goes viral and everybody's like fuck this guy he seems like a real prick he did it yeah and this nancy gray stand in obviously yeah. nancy grace um you know starts going in on him on the news and we're peppered with like how the media is responding to it the whole time yeah it's great um, it's then, set up well and then finally there's a rally where it's oh, there's like, like the a candlelight vigil yeah and um he, oh yeah he has to look really sincere about missing his wife and so he's like she's my soulmate i loved her and he looks he's like crowd. doing a pretty good job here finally right like he, he every time nick like almost gets ahead of the game like another yeah. bombshell is revealed right you so, always like, feel bad i mean you you i guess you kind of do i think if yeah. you're a guy watching this you do i don't know i don't know how you feel about this if you're a guy terrified um so nick yeah. is like crying and he's like i really miss amy i love her and his mistress is in the audience and she <laughs> mouths asshole at him and we're like uh-oh because of um, course she's a kid and yeah. so she she doesn't realize like he's gotta anything, be yeah. anything she's, she's a child oh um, that's why you don't sleep with children i mean that's not the primary reason why when your wife goes missing you know to be blamed for her murder i think it's the only reason that's actually you're right that's the only reason i can think of i think I just like saying. look out for number one sure um if you your know, wife goes missing you know maybe <laughs> your wife skip goes town. Missing, just look out for yourself yeah 
that's that's Nick's main mistake. Um, so then his wife's mysterious best friend that he's never heard of in his fucking <laughs> life just like wheels her baby stroller her out babies. and starts yeah. screaming that Amy was pregnant. And Nick yeah. didn't tell anybody that, but she was six weeks pregnant. Yeah. Ah! And everybody at the vigil starts freaking out and they're like, what? Is this true? And Nick her just like hops off out. the gazebo and like runs away because <laughs> he like panics. And he's like, I don't know. But he didn't know she was pregnant. No. Because um, the cops talked to him in his house after. And he's like, I know. Like, she wasn't pregnant. I know she wasn't. That lady's crazy. She doesn't know anything. Yeah. Uh, and the cops show him, like, a dozen pictures of the two of them hanging out. Yeah. With this, like, lady. And um, this is also when Nick, like, starts showing some violence. Like, he he angrily throws his glass on the ground in front of the cops. Confirm, when yeah. they confirm that Amy's pregnant. Yeah, he like they throws find a, medical a glass. Test. I'm like, dude, you're so bad at this. Really bad. Um, but I'm sure never in his life has he had to like. I'm sure for the rest of his life, being an honest, likable dude has you know kept him safe. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. probably a weakness that Amy knows how to exploit. I mean, yeah, but it's also kind of interesting because like one of the details that is never really fully confirmed either way is like whether or not Nick was physically violent with Amy yeah. during their relationship. Um, yeah. And it's left vague in the book and it's left like kind of vague in the movie ish. Mm-hmm. Um like, there's other things that we know she invents, but yeah. this is, like, one of those things in the middle category where we were like, was Nick violent towards her? Like, did he physically abuse her? We don't really know. Right. Um, and then, and it's like, they argue about who didn't want kids, who wanted right, kids. Right, that's the other thing that we don't really know. Um, yeah. Because it's just he said, she said. Uh, like, Amy says she wants kids and that Nick didn't want them. Nick says he wants kids and Amy didn't want them. Right. Um, and we never really find out how those arguments actually shook out because that's even the flashback scenes that we see of their relationship. Like we don't know if they're real quote unquote, you because know? they're through like, Amy's perspective. Right. So and some of them are later shown to be false, like the, you know, later ones. Yeah. So it's kind of tough. Like it's, it's, it's sort of like one of those situations where as the viewer, you can kind of make up your own mind, I guess. Um, yeah. But I, I do think like, if if we're if we're keeping track of like who's the worst partner, Amy <laughs> definitely wins because you know she frames her husband for murder. But it's not entirely clear how bad of a partner Nick is, and I think yeah. that's sort of intentional. For- I hope no woman is watching this movie though and being like, "Man, I wish I could find my own Nick." Like, I mean, I hope so, but I I don't he's know. Not a I never good dude. I never know with these things. Like, I I do think that there were people after the fact because i remember i remember talking to our friend gita about it about like how nick is such an asshole in the book um i don't know if the movie comes down as hard but mm. he seems like such a dick in the book at least to me maybe just because i was in a bad mood when i read it and i was like god it's like kind of amazing to see this like dope get his comeuppance even though it's like a horrific comeuppance and that's mm. why it's a revenge fantasy he just right. seems like such an asshole that you're kind of like yeah fuck this guy though you know like it's not even like you want this specifically to happen it's just Mm -hmm. that you're like fuck this guy you know yeah yeah but um in the movie it's a little different maybe because ben affleck is just like he's ben affleck so you're like i don't know he's okay i guess but like yeah (laughs) it's it doesn't i mean i still think nick's a dick but it, it definitely felt a little different watching the movie Interesting. I, I would say for me, like, I still, I, I didn't hate Nick. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of laughed at him and thought he was kind of annoying and, and a little tragic. Um, mm-hmm. 
I mean, there are parts where I could kind of um, relate to Amy's anger, um, which I thought was was interesting. The, the, well, the thing for me is like what makes it interesting is I see Amy as kind of like a manifestation or like a product of like male anxiety. Yeah. Um, and like she doesn't she, seem real to me either. Like, right. I mean, can you think of a single news story where a woman does all the things she does? throughout the like context of this movie like that no and it's kind of like showing you how impossible that would really be yeah like like the whole idea of like framing somebody for rape or for murder is Mm -hmm. like which she does both so many absurd steps all of which they show amy like intricately doing and like setting up this rube goldberg machine of clues oh my god and like they show all of this and it's like oh my god this would be so fucking elaborate but like that's essentially what you know, misogyny claims is that like, right. oh no, women are constantly making shit up. Like they're just like constantly, you know, pricking needles and condoms and just like trying to entrap men left and right. Like, you what, know, women. What I kept thinking watching this movie is like, so, I mean, recently um, the Red Pill Forum has been in the news again because they discovered the guy who made it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if people yeah, aren't yeah. familiar with this forum, it's like a men's rights kind of like slash seduction community slash like misogynistic hive there's like a lot of sort of overlapping men's rights but still trying to like groups. pick up women but hating yeah, them yeah yeah, yeah yeah but and so i kept thinking like watching amy's actions and being like this is like their version mm-hmm. of women like they see women like this because if you look at threads there it's like oh you gotta like film all your sexual encounters because any girl like statistically you'll get accused of rape um yep. like people are getting sperm jacked left and right like yeah. women don't have any feelings they just want money and what you give them mm-hmm. access to like all this shit and i'm like that's like that a that that woman like as a, a diabolical sociopathic like evil revenge person doesn't exist yeah. um and is is composed of these very kind of like real male anxieties. And so I, th- I thought that was interesting that I kind of kept coming back to that. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely how I felt about it, too. But like, it's also interesting that the the story kind of introduces how it could even be possible that somebody like Amy would exist within this yeah. absurd reality, because you sort of introduce like these parts of her past um, yeah. Like the Amazing Amy thing, which I think is sort of like a commentary on like how women are supposed to be um, mm-hmm. and just sort of like these weird demands. And like, so she's got this trust fund, but then she loses all of it. And like, I, I don't know what that represents necessarily, but it's kind of like, okay, so so she's promising this specific ideal like in the romantic stage of the relationship she's promising like stability and beauty and just to be thin forever and blonde Mm. and perfect and conventionally attractive and like all of these promises are being made but then you know nick essentially thinks that she'll just go along with whatever he wants and like that's his downfall but Mm -hmm. like it doesn't necessarily mean that he deserves what happens right because nobody deserves to be like killed or whatever or like taken advantage of elaborately by the the joker but it's (laughs) it's i don't know it's kind of interesting because it's sort of create it's an interesting way to create a villain because it's kind of like this very feminine evil to be like these are these are the this is the way that a woman stereotypically anyway would 
commit a crime is by planning everything and like yeah. slowly putting cyanide in someone's tea or like you know like yeah. all of these Fluffy like pens. when you do read about women committing murders it's usually stuff like this because of like gendered socialization is like right. really slow long elaborate planning Mm-hmm. Just because of like gender roles and people do the things that society tells them it's okay to do. And like for mm-hmm. men, they're socialized to be like proactively violent. And for women, right. it's more like passive violence. And like this movie is like the most passive aggressive mm-hmm. possible Absolutely. thing. <laughs> it remind it reminded me of um Black Swan a little bit in that like this is the monster you get if you like utilize every tool that's meant to socialize women. Yeah, Does that make sense? we watched like, a lot of movies that have this as a theme. Like it's pretty apparently. fucking clear what we like, guys. <laughs> Look, you know, we can relate to some movies better than others. It happens. We um, just want to watch movies where women take the tropes of femininity and like form a blood cult and like yeah. just kill everyone. Is that a crime? Well, it depends on on where we get the blood. It depends on your definition of crime. According to most definitions, it is a crime. It is an actual crime. is it? I mean... Is it a crime of of morals? Maybe. (laughs) Is it a crime according to every definition of crime? Maybe. Could be. But anyway... um, yeah, anyway. But, and then, so what I think is interesting about Amy, so there's like the class pressure from her parents and a lot of that like feminine perfection pressure. There's a pressure from Nick to be like perfect housewife, hottie, mm-hmm. um, charming lady. Um, and the way like sh- this type A hyper intelligent person responds is okay, like she does what she's supposed to do. Like women are supposed to reform their men. Right. Um, women are supposed to keep their men like to a certain standard and like like domesticate yeah, she's supposed them to take care of him she's supposed to like do his laundry and like if his job isn't working out she's supposed to inspire him and right. like make sure he finds his calling and like right. if she doesn't find her calling who fucking cares like and so she does that to the nth level yeah um, and when that doesn't work it's like she needs a new challenge she needs a new game to play she's like well this isn't working let me try this approach uh, where I go completely fucking insane. <laughs> you know, it's like she's this hyper intelligent, extremely bored housewife who's like, you know, I I tried as hard as I could to do the thing right. And now I'm going to try to do something else right. It's like this need that manifests in her, which I think is really interesting. It is. And it's like, this is kind of her way of saving their relationship in a really yeah. fucked up way. I mean, that's kind of like the reveal at the end. But it's I mean, and it wasn't her there. intention from the beginning. Not necessarily, but like. At points, she kind of says stuff like, I was hoping in that moment that he would, you know, somehow make it better or whatever. And like, mm-hmm. I I don't know. It's weird. Their relationship. It's weird. I think it's, <laughs> I, I honestly like tweeted like relationship goals, hashtag the picture of them. Yeah. What do you think <laughs> of the title of this? I mean, we're like totally off track at this point, but like. Let's watch two movies. I think oh, it's a great. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm really glad you like that title. What do you think of the Gone Girl title? Because I was thinking, like, it kind of also means Gone Girl. Like, she's gone full girl, you know? Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's kind of interesting. I don't know if that's what it's supposed to mean. But it was we something call that it I was Gillian. thinking about. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess that's it also just means that she's disappeared. But it's kind of like a nonsense phrase. Yeah. It doesn't make it doesn't mean anything unless you interpret it as like she is gone full femininity. 
<laughs> Interesting. I, I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, I, did, I just heard it. It became so ubiquitous that I didn't have any thoughts on it because I was like, oh, that's that book. Like, yeah, you know, I was I never picked it up in the store. Like, what is this about? I um, have no idea what it's supposed to mean. I didn't think about it until today. But anyway, that's so halfway through the movie, we finally see Amy present day Amy yeah. and she's riding in a car down the freeway and she's like I'm alive bitches I fucking framed my husband for murder and we like see on the on the passenger seat that she's got these like absurd notes scrawled oh my out God. and she's got like a Kit Kat bar she's finally eating candy mm-hmm. she's not restrained anymore I yeah. love the fucking Kit Kats in this I was like yeah go ahead eat the Kit Kats che- yeah the Cheetos it's yeah. like it's so good um, it's great and she's like it's clear that that she's like got all these scrawled handwriting and she's like yeah i made up the whole diary but like not all of it just enough of it to fuck with everybody and like we again don't really know how much of it is real right um and, she's and she like, read a bunch of like murder mystery yeah, books. Yeah, they show her like watching a bunch of true crime series on TV and like reading mm-hmm. all these books and being like and like setting up the coffee table and like breaking it and then setting she like drains a bunch of her own blood to pour all over the kitchen and then cleans it up badly like he that would scene. it's incredible the first time i saw it my mouth like dropped but i was also like smiling like this bitch I know. It's, kind of it's, awesome. like, it's like you kind of have to commend her for just being this petty you know right it's especially like, after all the hell you've seen nick go through you're like oh my god it's like so much drama i know it's it's pretty nuts i mean yeah. it's it just goes on from there like it it's not this isn't like only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to like how much she set up like she she created all of this credit card debt for nick Mm. that was like based on purchases that it seemed like a guy would make like golf clubs and shit that he's like not even interested in but he's a man so wouldn't he be interested in golf clubs and And a robot dog (laughs) yeah and the cops like find not till later yeah but like the thing right before act two uh, Nick discovers the shed and that's when he realizes that she's playing him. Yeah, so he discovers the shed full of all these credit card purchases that he knows he didn't make. And yeah. he's like, oh, Amy set me up and there's a box, a wrapped gift box in the shed. Um, mm-hmm. And he goes and finds his sister and he's like, listen, you have to believe me. Like, I'm being elaborately set up here and like, you already know Amy is like kind of terrifying. So yeah. you would believe this. And, and Margot totally does believe him to her credit. Yeah. Um, Can I ask you something about the scene um, where we first see Amy and she's alive on the highway? Yeah, what's up? So one of the, what's up is really it's actually just a personal question. I just, no. Oh, um, oh, okay. How's yeah. it going? You, you know, up and down. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> no. Okay. What I'm I glad really we're doing the podcast. I mean, it seems like it's going okay so far. Yeah. You know, Maddie. Every time I'm talking on the pod with you, it's going great. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> People are turning this off. They're like, Jesus. <laughs> Guys, that was just a little private moment between. Maddie that Ellen. Word. Yeah. Um, Maddie anyway, Ellen. anyway, what 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 about that scene? What did I miss? Okay, so one one I would say one of the most famous quotes from the book is the cool girl speech. Oh yes, yes. What do you think what are your opinions on the cool girl speech and, and maybe explain it a little bit? Okay. I'm I like the cool girl speech. I do too. It's it's also like four times as long in the book and I love it even more there. It's already yeah. great here, but like if you want to read more of it, it's I've read the full quote from the book. It's so good. It's okay, so good. Amy does this little monologue 
which I'd be fine with it if the whole movie was just this. Yeah. Just this one excerpt from the book. Uh-huh. Um, where she's like talking about gender performance essentially and like how she sort of seduced Nick and how the whole idea of like creating a version of yourself that you think will be attractive to men to straight men according to gender roles is like this illusion of a cool girl who eats cheeseburgers and stays a size two and who plays video games if that's what he likes or listens to vinyl records if that's what he likes and like this idea of like sort of manufacturing your interests and I mean this is like what men say women do but it's also like what men want women to do at the same time you know and like it's like this is also like where fake geek girl comes from because it's like oh women would never be interested in video games except to attract men but also i really really want to fuck a woman who plays video games you know right i want that authentic geek girl i don't want it's like authentic but also i really just want her to play video games and like i don't even really care if it's authentic but i also like do at the same time you know it's like the same thing with like putting on makeup it's like i want a woman who looks absolutely beautiful when she rolls out of bed but also like i don't want any evidence of artifice at all and you see all those like they always do surveys and men are like you know i like the no makeup look and i'm like you didn't even know what the no makeup look is dude they don't and they're always like posting photos of women being like see she doesn't have any makeup on and i'm like she has so much makeup on dude yeah she has more makeup than i can possibly apply correctly (laughs) to myself i'm not i'm not even that good like that's how much makeup she is i mean it's this is like fucking gender you guys it's gender like it's a performance y'all it's it's, i i really like it because it it taps into a very shared sort of like anger yeah um, and frustration that a lot of um women who date men have yeah um because it's i mean when especially when you're originally figuring out dating and like trying really hard so much of the the pressure is on women to like adjust and mold to the men yeah Um, and i i think this is like something that's hard for dudes to understand like the idea that like if somebody rejects you and you're a woman then you are told by society that it's your fault and you have to change yes it's the other way around like like when dudes get rejected they're like what's women's problem you know like what the fuck is up with these bitches like she was so crazy i was told i would get to date a girl (laughs) yeah and i've even had like cat callers like do stuff like that where they're like hey baby and you walk by and they're like you're a bitch like what's your problem yeah 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 and i'm like that's the instantaneous thing yeah it's weird and it's like weird that that's the default but it's so ingrained that it's like very hard to get past i guess this is yeah um but i think so in an interesting way though so it kind of earns like some sympathy from women um even though like it's like I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's a frustrating thing. But I've never been like, I should fake a murder. You know, like, <laughs> you've, never, you've never thought to yourself, I should just elaborately frame a man in my life who's like kind of been a dick to me. Like kind oddly, of. You know, just, I know I have a I have a, a reputation for being, you know, a, a real. A misandrist. <laughs> yeah. But the weirdest thing, though, is I've never thought it. Now I'm thinking of it. Now I've seen this movie. I'm like, I mean, cool. honestly, I watched this movie and I was like, that seems like a lot of planning. I don't think. <laughs> I can pull that off. If they tried to make a version of this movie with me, they'd catch me on like step two because like I actually threw out some of it, like you're I scribbled like, put it. You put piece of wood in the fire and you just like lie on the couch and you're like, honestly, honestly, I don't know about this it anymore. It seems like a lot of effort. Like I hate this dude, but I could also just leave. That would be way easier. <laughs> 
Like, I hate him, but I don't really hate him that yeah. much. There's like, never going to be a revenge mo- movie with a woman like me. Because, like, <laughs> I'm just walking away. I'm, I I'm mean, honest. same. I'm not, yeah. I am not as dedicated to torturing right. others as Amy Dunn. And, I mean, no one is. Or at least right. an extremely tiny minority of humans are. Yeah. Right. Um, um, but I will also say it reveals a lot about Amy's character in that she doesn't really like other women either yeah Um, and she can't conceive of women making choices that aren't part of a larger plan to win something and i it's kind of like reveals what she sees about just people too because she's like everyone's performing right like nick was performing i was performing isn't this how everyone sees everyone like it kind of reveals like that's just how she sees the world and like so you almost i mean i don't i know it's it's a very there's it's a very gendered kind of narrative but i don't think amy hates just men um i think she doesn't understand people like making decisions for themselves based on anything besides trying to win at some competition yeah, yeah, she yeah. sees um, and she, mean, she doesn't understand people i'm sure that like there's been a lot of psychoanalytical work done around like what's up with amy dunn like i <laughs> hey what's up with amy like Mara? how's she doing like what cocktail of fictional yeah. mental illnesses does she have or, or well, what have know, you there are some feminist critiques too of this movie where it says like oh it encourages these kind of negative right. female stereotypes and but i don't like if you sit down and watch this movie and say wow this is what women are like then it was the problem was with you wasn't with yeah, this movie and it's you know i don't even think that holds up anyway because there's some other women in this movie and they're all wildly different from one another yeah. so like like you've got Rhonda Boney and you've got Margot and you've mm-hmm. got like these talk the show hosts who are each different and like yeah. you've got the weird woman with all the babies and like <laughs> you've got all these different you got the yeah the girlfriend the mistress, and like yeah you've got it's just like there's a lot of different people in this movie and I mean I guess you could just look at Amy and be like this is what women are like or you could mm-hmm. just be like there's a lot of characters in this movie and there's a villain in it and like I don't know. I mean, yeah. I just I just think it kind of sucks that like I mean, this is also something that Gillian Flint said about the book is that she's like, there's so few female villains out there that people can't even read this book without just assuming that I'm making some sort of grand indictment about women everywhere. Like, yeah, she at least identifies as a feminist and thinks that it is a, a radical act to be writing books about women who are deeply flawed. And she's like, I don't think women are inherently pure and good. Like, yeah. sorry, not sorry. Right. And, and it's she, not feminist I think, I think claim that's that kind of rad that she's like come out and said that and just been like fuck you. <laughs> fuck hey, you for saying hey, that about guess my what? book, y'all. Fuck you. Yeah. Um and she also has like a fun interview where she talks about how um she wrote this book after she was like very newly married and how <laughs> she like had all these conversations with her husband and he was like honestly go as far as you want with this. I that's I'm awesome. fine with it and she was like thank god because like if anybody else would have just been like, what the hell is happening? But yeah, like, well, that's, he you was clearly cool found a good husband. But also she was like, I wanted to envision the worst possible marriage ever and like what it would look like and like what that could be like. And it was sort of like based on her own anxieties about marriage yeah. and like being in one. And I think that's pretty legit. Like, yeah. I mean, if you think of marriage as a concept, it's pretty scary. I yeah. mean, you're finding this person who you assume is is on the level with you, um, but you're not like related to them. You've you've just come across them, and you assume their intentions are what they're telling you. And then you have to like 
move in together and share all your finances and and mm-hmm. possibly have children that you're both responsible like it's and it's like an incredibly things exciting which is like a huge crux oh my God. of this movie is like yeah. how do amy and nick keep their marriage exciting and like because that was all like that's I why think- the scavenger hunts existed they were like these fun sexy games that they played with each other in the early days and they were like totally normal at first right and then they just like started changing and amy had no outlet and and then now here she is framing her husband for murder. To be <laughs> like, fair, though, she's keeping it very exciting. She is. I mean, so honestly, ladies, if your man ever tells you to keep it exciting, consider this. I think I, you know, I think Amy Dunn does represent what all women should do. I've changed I'm, my mind. I'm glad I convinced you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, honestly, this book, give it to every newlywed, you know. <laughs> God, imagine if I, I started think, doing that, just like oh bringing Gone Girl to weddings and being That'd like, be re- I just funny. think you should should check this out. There's some good shit in here. Just scan through it, see if any flags kind of come up. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. I think it is really interesting though to write like a horror thriller, yeah, like about a marriage, marriage horror story, because it's such an it, like. There's a lot of horror stories about chill, evil children or yes. children turning against you or something because like parenting is also terrifying so i think it's it's cool that like these very intimate vulnerable things i think looking for the horror there looking the for the potential for like immense betrayal i think is is really cool it is cool and this is one that like hasn't really been done before like it's sort of like a swapped gender anxiety thing yeah because it's like i mean yeah we you know we've seen gaslight we've seen like a lot of like really classic movies and and books and stuff that feature like a male aggressor and it's sort of like okay well if we have a female aggressor like what does that look like how how does abuse manifest if a woman is doing it and like this is a way that it could manifest like this is an abusive relationship um but yeah anyway we should probably finish recapping the movie yeah we got way off the plot guys sorry about that um it's all downhill from here guys uh so amy (laughs) go ahead amy amy finds a place to crash yeah like Um, a motel yeah, and gets, like, a shitty car and is only using cash. Like, she was ready for this. She dyes her hair. She cuts it off. Um, she yeah, gives she herself... gets crappy glasses so that yeah. people can't recognize her. And and she, she... gives her, she gives herself a, a big old bruise on her cheek by yeah, taking a like hammer a to her guy. face. That scene. Ugh. The, the, I will say, like, the soundtrack in this movie is really good because, like, they do this, like, really good ratcheting up of tension. Um, yeah, yeah. And you can, you can hear it in the... It's, like a little off like yeah, in the background like, of that all scene. the scenes where amy has to like intentionally hurt herself like when she's drawing blood out of herself and like Man. sprinting around or like yeah. you know hitting herself in the face with a hammer and yeah it's just it's intense it but is. you know women am i right constantly faking injuries it's God, classic. every you know every day you see another story another amy um, <laughs> uh and then meanwhile um what's happening in nick's world nick's like having a really rough time um, they haven't, they he haven't gets yet. a lawyer eventually. Yeah. Uh, Played by Tyler, Tyler Perry, Perry. Doing an amazing job as like He's this fantastic great in this. lawyer in this who's like known for defending men who seem to have killed their wives. Um, <laughs> right. 
it, that's like his reputation as a lawyer. Yeah, um, right. And because uh, Nick sees him um, talking to the Nancy Grace lady on TV and like kind of defending him and being like, look, dude, like chill out. Yeah. And also like sort of being like, I could totally defend Nick Dunn if he ever wanted to give me a call. And this is like a, a really famous celebrity lawyer that, that Tyler yeah. Perry's playing. Tanner yeah. Bolt. Is that his name? He yeah. He has like a so. fun lawyer name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like he was probably born like not that. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Like it's a, just a name that he invented. It's a yeah. great lawyer name. Um, I would so trust Tanner Bolt. Eventually Nick does buckle down and call him. But I, I, I don't know if like more stuff gets revealed. But anyway, he talks to, to Tanner Bolt and he's basically like, listen, my wife is elaborately setting me up. He and tells like, him the whole story. Yeah. And like Tanner Bolt believes him. Right. Um, but and, like, it's kind of his job it, like, to do that. Yeah, but he also finds it like hilarious. He does. He like way. laughs. He's like, "This is honestly like absurd, dude. Like, what right. the fuck?" But and also, he even says like, "At this point, you gotta at least admire your wife." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is um, how the audience is feeling a little. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um. But also, Nick finally opens the package that he finds, and it's yeah. these two creepy Punch and Judy puppets. Yeah. Which, I mean, Punch and Judy is like a classic, like, terrifying, abusive relationship thing. Yeah, they used to show this to, like, children. Children, yeah. Um, Where Punch kills Judy and the baby. Yeah, it's fucked up. But anyway, so that's kind of what Amy is signaling here by being like, look, we're exactly like this other classic abusive relationship, except it's like swapped around in their case. Um, Oh, and in in Amy's flashback, she reveals that the way she got a positive pregnancy test on her medical records was to wait for her obnoxious pregnant friend um, to <laughs> yeah. pee in the toilet. She emptied the toilet, had her friend pee in the toilet, and then scooped up the pee and got that tested. Yeah, and it's shown when she puts away the little capsule of pee that she's, like, been collecting multiple of them. She yeah. has, like, a little cabinet full of, like, several just in case it doesn't work. And she's they're all just, individually labeled. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, what a planner. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the good thing, though, about this movie is, you know, if I ever start dating dudes again... Yeah, Um, like if they're like, I don't know where this sentence could possibly end. (laughs) Wait for it. It's not that weird. Great, great, great. If they're like Mary Ellen, you're really disorganized and like messy, and Mm. not in like a like a really crazy way, but like you just don't have your shit organized. I'll be like, well. Amy Dunn was like impeccably organized. Do you want her instead? And they'll be like, you're right. You're right. I don't want it to date anybody organi- organized enough to frame me for murder. That's right. a great point. And because as we've said, I would be really bad at it. I would be. You would like, be. You would be. Clues. You're actually too lazy to be an abusive partner. That's your I'm, main selling point. <laughs> I'm lazy. I'm disorganized. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much it. I um, think you're fine. I mean, we managed to watch this you. movie in time to record an episode of this show. That's as much organization as I require for you. We've, I mean, we've been incredibly dedicated to this podcast. Yeah, I think I think the record will show that. I mean, that. a podcast, as far as dedication goes, I'm not going to be as dedicated to like a dude, so... Are you saying that anyone you date would come second to this podcast? Because that's how it should be. Yeah, I asked that of you too. I thought that was like oh yeah 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 yeah. absolutely. Anybody I date comes second to the podcast. Dadoy. All right. Anyway, back to the movie. Um. So, (laughs) God, what else happens? It's so weird that we keep getting off topic because it's like we're trying really hard to stay on topic. I actually am. It's just that this movie's all out of order, so I can't I can't remember. I know. Um, okay, so the uh, the cops find the puppets and Wait, at some point, um Tanner's like, Look, dude, here's what we do. You're cheating with this girl. What mm-hmm. we gotta do is get ahead of right. the news. He cycle. tells about how he's cheating. Right, right, right. He tells right. Tanner. Yeah. 
um, and uh, we got to get ahead of the news cycle. And so we're going to have you go on TV and mm-hmm. do like an interview with not Nancy Grace, this other lady who's like more networky. Yeah. Um, and you're going to do a whole interview and say, you know, I'm, I'm basically an ass. I cheated on my wife. I disrespected her, but I'm not a murderer. And basically look more honest um, yeah. coming out ahead of that. Yeah. Um, and so they prep for it. And Tanner kind of like coaches him. Like you look like every time he looks like he's lying or looks he's too smug. sincere. Yeah, he'll throw like a gummy bear at him. Which yeah, I it's a funny, funny scene. Yeah. And so he's like rehearsing. I mean, this is another example of how even Nick is also performing and like how yeah. everything is a performance in this relationship in a way or it's becoming so. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nick is also performing for Amy because he knows Amy is still alive. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't yeah. know where she is, but he figures she's watching him and judging him. So he puts on a tie that he knows she'll like, and he like arranges everything. But meanwhile, we should go back to Amy yeah. and talk about what's happening with her before we get to that. Yeah, it's a good idea because they do intersect and everything. Right. right. Um, so Amy m- makes kind of a friend at her little motel. Yeah. Um, by a female bas- friend who has a boyfriend also, and they're also staying at the motel. Well, um, she doesn't have a boyfriend at first. This well, guy's just like kind of I mean, hitting on her. Are they dating? They're just kind of like palling around. I don't know. There's a well, dude yeah. there. They're palling around, and then Amy's like, "Oh, so you're like with him now? I thought you were away- staying away from men." Yeah. So I, I got the impression that like they slowly start like hooking up. Well, either way, Amy meets this girl and like doesn't really want to talk to people because like she doesn't want to arouse any suspicion or anything. Um, but uh, this girl is like really chatty and like wants to get to know her. Um, yeah, Amy- and Amy seems very suspicious to right. the girl and so right. amy is kind of trying to be like all right i guess i'll try to act normal or at least that's how i interpreted it but yeah. amy's putting on this like fake southern accent and saying she's from new orleans she doesn't really have the right accent for that um yeah. the girl still seems suspicious of her they're like watching the news together all the news is about the missing amy done first first when they're like originally i think what gets amy to open up the first place is their first interaction where the girl notices her bruise mm-hmm. and she says like what happened did you um like she guesses one and then she said or did you catch him cheating on you and he and he socked you one um and so do you think so amy tells her a story about I finding this story was true i did too i did too because it was too specific not to be yeah but i don't know and it, and it was a risk to kind of give her those details it is and i mean i think this is like maybe a mistake on amy's part i mean it depends on whether you're rooting for her or not right. it's kind of hard not to even though you yeah. know she's like terrible so right. um it she she tells this story of how she caught nick cheating on her like she mm-hmm. goes to the bar to surprise him and so mm-hmm. the first time she and nick kissed one another nick took her by a bakery that was like unloading a bunch of pastries and so there was all the sugar floating in the air and so it looked like a snowstorm but it was actually like sugar and it's like this adorable romantic moment between them where they're covered in sugar and kissing mm-hmm. um again then, i would probably just start like licking my own like face or something so yeah i mean it sounds good but another moment where amy dunn and i depart yeah, instead, Amy looks, like, fantastic and super sexy while covered right. in sugar. I would I'd probably just, just look like I was covered in wet syrup, um, <laughs> which, I don't know, maybe that's hot. Uh, so, anyway, this is this kiss, this other kiss between Nick and his girlfriend, um, his mistress, takes place, like, in a real snowstorm, I think. Yeah. But the moment reminds Amy so strongly of, like, this other moment that she's and he just, does like, the same standing in thing. the street. Yeah, he, like, brushes the snow from his mistress's 
lip in the same way and it's like god fuck you nick right i'm gonna make sure you die (laughs) (laughs) that was the moment yeah um and this girl commiserates with her so i think from that point on amy like rather than avoid a risk she's like tempted enough to get that like catharsis with right although i think the girl is still suspicious because amy's story does not actually include the moment when nick hits her she doesn't really answer the question which the girl kind of mentions later and is like i don't know that anybody ever really has punched you before because that that said i read that as like a class thing yeah i wasn't sure she's faking it I wasn't sure about that. But, yeah. like, it is true that when Amy tells that story, she, like, forgets to be like, oh, yeah, and then he punched me in the eye. That's how yeah. I got this horrible eye wound. Right. It's definitely real. Yeah. Don't yeah, be suspicious of me. Um, but, yeah, then, so they're kind of yeah, friends-ish. Ish. But then, so they, they watch the news together, and it's the Nancy Grace person um, mm-hmm. who's, who's just, like, raining down on Nick. Um and Amy's loving it, but the friend doesn't buy it. Yeah. Um, the, the friend like, is like, she seems like kind of a brat and like uppity. Stuck up bitch. Yeah. Yeah. And and Amy is like, what? Why? Uh, and she then seems s- cool to me. No reason why I would say her, so, but. <laughs> she spits in her Mountain Dew when the girl goes to the bathroom. Yeah. Amy is petty. Amy's vindictive <laughs> as hell. So like her treatment of like her response is an overreaction, but she doesn't like men or women, really. She doesn't um, like anyone who no. crosses her. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then they go out mini golfing together and the boys there that was mm-hmm. like hitting on them at the pool. Yeah. Um, the- and Amy's like a little disappointed. She's like, oh, I thought you kind of sworn off men for a while. And she's like, oh, he's cute. He was cheated on, too. So he gets it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, but they're all hanging out things are going okay but then amy accidentally drops her money belt which she carries with her everywhere it has like thousands and thousands of dollars in cash in it um and the girl and guy see the money belt and they're like uh you said you were broke what the fuck is all of that money and amy's like it's all singles ha ha (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like clearly not um yeah and then i just say something i just be like it's my tampons (laughs) because it's not shown that it's money it's just like a really heavy um knapsack Uh, Yeah, I mean, especially since Amy's normally such a fast liar and, like, prepared for everything. It's, like, weird that she fucks up here. But, um, yeah, so... I I think we should also also mention that originally Amy was planning on killing herself. She was, and then she starts putting it off. Yeah. Um, She was gonna kill herself. She puts it on her calendar. (laughs) Yeah. That was my favorite. (laughs) I know, it is pretty great. She goes, kill self, question mark? Like, it was... Yeah, it's it's a fun gif. Yeah, <laughs> if you if you want to like have some dark humor, um, I always do. Uh, yeah, she was gonna kill herself and like throw herself into the river, and and then it would be like solidified that her husband would get the death penalty because her body would be found. I mean, for the right. moment, there's no body, so it's like pretty hard to nail a murder conviction. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, and also, I guess we should say that there's like a couple other potential suspects in addition to Nick because there's like a couple other past relationships on amy's part just two other guys that we don't know a ton about yet but we'll learn about them later yeah they mentioned like the first one was her high school boyfriend who like had a breakdown yeah um, and and was like kind of a stalker and like still sends her letters sometimes yeah um and the other one was a guy who she accused of assault Mm -hmm. um but we don't know a lot of details about that yet like sexual assault 
Yeah. And Nick didn't know about that. Right, right. He didn't know about that. But he knew about Desi's letters because she's still been getting those. Yeah. Um, okay. So then the guy and the girl break into Amy's motel room and they steal her money and it's like sad and frustrating. It, it, I got really angry, which is weird because like Amy's been a you know, I know. piece of shit. I was actually like a lot more upset about this in the book. And then when I saw it again in the movie, I was kind of like, eh. Oh, yeah. really? But she, I mean, like, I still feel bad for her, but I think just, like, seeing it the second time or, like, at least, like, experiencing it the second time, I was yeah. kind of like, well, Amy, you should have gotten your shit together, <laughs> you know? I, it like, just, for some reason, it hits me and it makes me really mad. It's definitely like, annoying. It's definitely, well, like, fuck, like, now what is she going to do? Yeah. Because it's weird. It's weird how you root for her in this scenario. Right? It's yeah. like, because you're like, I don't really want Nick to get the death penalty, but, like, she set this whole thing up. Like, I mean, she's like, worked so hard. I know. She's put so much time in. Like, yeah. come on. Well, these so, people yeah. are assholes about the way they do it. I mean, they They, they are. They beat bust, her up. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, like, mock her and, and just take all her stuff. It's, I mean, you know, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're real dicks about beating her up and taking her money. <laughs> like, yeah, they they're not been, polite like, about chill about it you know yeah (laughs) anyway Anyway, so amy we never see them again they've got the money they're fine they're probably set for life (laughs) well who knows they'll probably gamble it away aren't they like buy a casino yeah probably um so amy is like now without resources um so so you're like sleeping in a car and like a cop is like you can't sleep here um and she decides to call somebody yep and uh, it's 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 her old high school stalker. It's all Desi. Um, but before she leaves the motel, she also calls and leaves a tip on the tip line too. Yeah, Remember she calls. That? Yep, she calls and leaves a tip for the cops, which is go check out that woodshed that has all of those credit card purchases stored in it. Well, she doesn't even say that. Does well, she no, say that I in know. The book? I'm just oh, telling okay. the listener. But yeah, oh, she just sorry. says like, I saw something by that that woodshed by by Margo, by Margo Dunn's, Dunn's house. house. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Bye. Um, <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, um, I think before she calls Desi, Nick has already been investigating Amy's past boyfriends because he and Tanner Bull oh, are like, yeah. let's try to that find was, those guys and see if if they also got framed. That was by the first Amy. thing he did with Tanner before, even before the interview. So we right, got that right. out of order. Sorry, guys. It's cool. We so don't. We talk- I mean, who knows? Who knows what order this movie happens in? <laughs> I imagine people have seen it. Um. <laughs> so not us yeah um, we just so, we read the wikipedia summary and then really embellish certain details yeah so that's like, how we do the show this is <laughs> yeah we we've actually invented like almost this entire plot um <laughs> so this is like the part of the movie slash book where it becomes increasingly difficult to like side with amy because once but she's where it becomes increasingly difficult to see amy as as any real person yeah because it's like it goes the 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 rape thing where she like has elaborately framed this guy for rape so nick meets this guy i can't remember his name something or other um and he's like yeah amy basically destroyed my life by like elaborately setting me up for rape and like she thought of everything and like here's all the things she did in order to make it happen and like it was fucking absurd and now my life is ruined and i like can't get a job yeah because and no one will date me and yeah, blah, blah. I'm and a like, listed sex offender. Yeah, and it's we never really hear Amy's version of this. But I'm um, assuming, yeah, it's she set him up. Yeah, I mean we assume that, but it's like, well, what 
premeditated this and like what's the story like we don't really know yeah um, well and he he kind of says like at first amy started getting really frustrated with him because she was like trying to make him into something better yeah um, and he wasn't kind of up to scruff and so he just kind of gave her space and so i'm imagining it's it's similar to the frustration she felt with nick where she's yes. doing the thing she's supposed to do reform the man and and make him better and serve him and it didn't work out Right. I mean, I maybe it's just because I've like seen the situation with Nick and Desi, but I just assume there was something more going on there because mm. it's like, I don't know. I, 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 we don't find out though. Um, and yeah. I think, I think the book presents this a little differently, but I can't, I can't quite remember how, but uh-huh. yeah, that's my bad. Um, maybe I somebody thought, can write in and tell I us what this- they thought. Okay. I thought this dude was... I hated him. I Um, didn't like him either. And I didn't really like the setup of this scene, but that's just because it's where it starts to go really off the rails in terms of, like, the villainy. But it's also, like, kind of funny almost because it's, like, so unreal. Like, guys, like, nobody does this. Like, I know that that's this this whole, like, a false rape accusation could ruin a man's life. Like, it's actually really hard to get a rape accusation to stick. Like, if you look at the stats on that, it's, like, almost impossible. You'd have to be... Amy Dunn level mastermind in order to be doing it and like yeah. no one is fucking doing that like there are, like there are admittedly like a couple false accusations it's where it's like a really low percentage yes. and oftentimes Compared that to the percentage, percentage of actual rape includes rapes. uh women who withdraw the charges or girls who withdraw the charges um Mm. And and it's, like, not always clear what happened. Yeah. So it's even difficult to, like, say what those statistics represent. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, like, it's it's very difficult to say how low that percentage really is of, like, actual false accusations. Whereas there's this, like, paranoia out there that the law is always on women's side. And it's so easy. No, the law is, like, opposite on women's side. Especially if you're a woman of color. Especially if you're a poor woman of color. Yeah, especially if you're a trans woman. Especially if you're, like, marginalized in any way. You are, like, super fucked and also like i don't know whatever so So if you so so if if there's literally anyone out there i i'm assuming all our listeners are like chill cool people but if anybody know this stuff i just have to say it because like watching it i'm like yeah (laughs) but i don't i don't think the movie's like arguing that i think if anything the movie's kind of presenting the opposite which is like you would have to be amy dunn in order to do this like you have to be a criminal mastermind in order I would say to... the, the first time I saw the movie and saw the scene I was upset by it because my first impression was like oh god like are they trying to confirm all these horrible yeah. stereotypes but seeing the movie through the end I was like oh like this isn't supposed to be a grounded in reality tale you yeah, know what I mean yeah it gets increasingly bonkers wacky and by the time it gets to the peak I'm like I'm feeling it <laughs> yeah it, honestly this is yeah I mean this part made me uncomfortable like watching it and i think reading it it's i don't know whatever yeah. anyway so so we're gonna learn more about desi callings i guess yeah. so nick stops by desi's um mansion place next mm-hmm. desi's very rich yes uh, he and he's and like hey like nick assumes he's gonna get the same kind of level of cooperation like yo tell me your crazy story yeah um, and desi won't bite desi's like why are you here he's very suspicious of nick does not like him mm-hmm and doesn't and, give anything away and is like, why are you even asking me about my past relationship with your wife? She's missing. Shouldn't you be thinking about that? Bye. Right. Bye, idiot. And he was like volunteering earlier at like the search for her and stuff. Nick recognizes him from that. Yeah. He was like showing up at like the, the phone banks and stuff and like trying right. to help find Amy. And he's right. obviously like still into her because he's been sending her those letters. Yeah. And he admits to that. And he's like, yeah, we keep up with letter, the art of letter writing. Yes. Amy understands the art of letter writing. 
He's it's like Patrick- a fucking weird. It's it's also Neil Patrick Harris, yeah. which is amazing. Anyway, he does a, this movie is good. Yeah, it's like the casting that you wouldn't automatically think of, but once it happens, you're like, this works really well. Yeah, it's um, good. Like Neil Patrick Harris does an excellent job of seeming a little off and yeah. like, and with this like undercurrent of like anger or tension. Um, and it's really good. He also does a good job of playing this like foppish rich guy who's yeah. like obsessive and stuff. Yeah. Um, so anyway. So guess who she calls? Yeah. So Amy is broke and she's living in her car and she has nowhere to turn. Yeah. So who does she call but her stalker high school boyfriend, Desi Collings, Mm -hmm. because there's no one else to call. Yeah. And he's pretty much the one person left that she can play. Yeah, that's right. Um, That's that's another way to look at it is that she's also going to play him. But he's kind of playing her, too. So this is this is where it's sort of like revealed that. This isn't the first time that Amy has been in kind of like a one-upmanship kind of a relationship mm. where she's where like Desi is trying to control her or at least I think that's how their oh, past yeah. relationship worked because as soon as he sees her again he's like okay you're mine now and mm-hmm. uh I'm going to take you back to my lake house but you have to stay there and also he like immediately starts trying to control her body like he's like you need to start working out again and i'm gonna need you to dye your hair back to blonde and you'll feel so much better once you look like yourself again yeah he's like i want to be with amy don amy elliott again because that's her original name um Mm -hmm. and i don't I don't even know you. I, I just want you to transform back into the Amy Elliott that I know. He makes it, some comment, too. He's like, as much as I love, I forget what he, like, he makes fun of the clothes she's wearing and says he'll get yeah. her some new, like, designer clothes. Yeah, it's... She's like his Barbie <sighs> that he goes home with. Yeah. So the funny he's, thing too he's is controlling it, and, like, keeping her in this weird lake house and he like mentions the cameras he's like everyone can see coming and going so you're very safe here but it's like coming and going yeah okay so she can't leave now right and like why would this dude have that in the first place it's Mm -hmm. sketchy um i will say also to her story to him is that nick was abusive yes um and she tells him the same story that was in her diary yeah nick was abusive and she ran out on him and now she's hiding from him and she doesn't think the police will believe her right and she's like i'm I'm ashamed i can't even go to my parents yeah also is it wrong for me to just want to see him hang for my murder i kind of want to see that and desi's like yeah same honestly chill with it yeah um because he's been waiting two decades for amy to come back around to him yeah so this is kind of interesting because I feel like he's also like an abusive person. Yeah. So it's I, funny. I think that's like pretty well established that like mm-hmm. he is a controlling person. Yeah. And it's sort of like, okay, so this is one of her early relationships. Like this is like one of the defining relationships of her life, I guess. Yeah. Um, is this guy and yeah. her relationship with her parents, which we already know is pretty fucked up. Yeah. So like she just thinks that's how things are. Plus, mm-hmm. also, she has whatever personality problems she has. So it explains right. a lot about, like, who she is and, like, yeah. Yeah, how she sees people. Yeah, I I really hated Desi, like, right from the start. Like, that, It's it seems like such a small thing, but, like, to 
like, can you imagine if this dude picked up a woman who just had this incredible trauma and was on the run and was scared? And one of the first things he did was like, we got to get you to the gym so you're yeah. feeling yourself again. Like, that just <laughs> crawled under my skin in it a way that, horrible. like... It was horrible. Like, the fact that he would even insinuate that she needed to lose weight in that right. moment is but like, of, of fuck course, you. Right. But of course, the, the teenage girl that dates that guy will later have the cool girl theory of life, you know? Of course, like, Because yeah. those are the dudes she's interacted with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, making him a really rich guy who's, like, all about appearances and, like, quoting yeah. Proust and, and talking about whatever yeah. ballet that he's into. Stupid. Like, just, just making him all about performances and wealth and, yeah. like, from her other life that she grew up in, it mm-hmm. it works well to sort of establish that. So she yeah. starts sort of playing this part for Desi. Yeah. Um, she, like, puts on the sexy slip and dyes her hair back to blonde. But first, and... I think it's important to say what happens before, because she doesn't play at first. She just kind of, like, oh, needs a place to Oh, the interview, stay. too. Yes. God, okay. So, back to Nick Dunn. So he, already, he went and interviewed these, like, exes, and then he does the interview that we talked about before where they're throwing the gummy bears, and, and he wants to come out <laughs> Head of the news that he had a mistress. Yep. So, but just as but they're about to go do the interview, his mistress beats him to the punch and she mm-hmm. does an interview of her own with yeah. Amy's parents who are like, fuck Nick. Yeah. And the mistress is like crying and she's like, wearing My a sweater. Professor took advantage of me and I'm a child and Nick sucks and yeah. I can't believe I dated him. Right. Because of course she's a child and she's pissed at him. And so <laughs> that's course. what they do. Of course. Yeah. It's legit. I mean, fuck Nick, you know? Fuck him. Hey, you know? Um, And Amy actually sees this on TV right when she meets Desi. And he yeah. kind of like, and she's like, that whore, blah, blah, blah. And right. Desi kind of like pulls her away. Yeah. Um, and then, um, so, but Nick says, we're going to go ahead with the interview anyway. Yeah. Um, even though Tanner doesn't want him to do it, he's like, let's, let's just go ahead and do it. They already hate me. Right. I can't get worse than this. Let's just do the interview. Um, and somehow he fucking nails it. The yeah. interview. But it's a full 24 hours before the interview goes on TV. Right. So he's it just airs to, the next day. Right. So he's just supposed to like chill out and wait. Um, and so like all that stuff happens with Amy. And so Amy wants to watch the interview like live. And she tells Desi, like, you don't have to watch it with me. He's like, no, we have to watch it together. Like, yeah, it's weird. Um, so it they watch weird. it. Yeah. <laughs> They watch it and she's like eating mac this, and cheese and stuff and well, like she's she's like eating she's still eating pudding like obsessively and she steals his pudding and eats I know it. and he's like disgusted by he's her like this is before her. this is before she's like transformed into what Desi likes she's yeah. still kind of like messy and and on the road kind of looking right because she's not really putting a plan into action yet. no no not yet she's yeah. still kind of like just hung up on Nick and this interview is going to kind of give her a new direction to go yeah. because Nick in this interview is saying all the things that Amy wants to hear and he well, she's knows that in a way where like sh- he is is deft and manipulative and is playing a part that she knows is false and her reaction is like she's so impressed by this she's almost yeah. like turned on by it yeah um because she like didn't realize Nick had this in him and is like Real, it's like she sees it as like you would if you were a master chess player and someone came and did like a really impressive move like that's yeah, kind of the sense yeah. I got from her yeah and like 
this is her convincing herself like I have to go back and be with Nick and like yeah. it's obvious to the audience like she's thinking that and even Desi can feel her like slipping away in this Which moment is but he can't really figure out why because right. he's like aren't you didn't Nick abuse you like why are you why are you even interested in this like what are you what are you doing you can be with me and right. she's like yeah but <laughs> but she doesn't say that but it's yeah, like her she vibe just kind is of she, her vibe is all like yeah but Nick though yeah <laughs> She um, doesn't say that. She just sits there quietly and like right. stares. But I think it. I mean, it's so insane that your your you know husband lying about you to the media is like something that. And he even does, like he says like uh, you know um like I should I got it I took myself out to the woodshed or something yes. which I guess is a Nick a, says that in the interview it's a metaphor for like baby I found all those crazy things <laughs> you put in the woodshed and she like gasps she's like oh my god like this yeah. is so good um yeah. it's crazy um and so after that she kind of does like flips the switch and starts like trying to seduce Desi yeah and cuts her hair and, and dyes it again and starts wearing like slinky outfits and that sort of thing yeah, because she wants to convince Desi that things are Great. good between them because she is about to set up Desi for rape and murder of, well, yeah. not murder, just rape. Just uh, rape. But, and imprisonment and kidnapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she's wants to go back to Nick, and the only way she can do that is if she finds somebody else to pin everything on. Yeah. And Desi is the only other person to do He's that. He's the guy. Um, meanwhile, they the police follow the tip, find the... the um, the woodshed. woodshed. They find and, all the credit card purchases. Yes. And they take Margot away and they take Nick because she's like, they think An she's like. An accomplice. Yeah. They right. think she's helping Nick. And um, Nick goes in for questioning. They they ask him what the Punch and Judy dolls are about. And they, they said that when they did the first investigation in the house, they found the other handle to one of the puppets. Yeah. It's like a part of the doll that like holds up the doll, like the yeah. wooden stick that goes inside the Judy doll or something. They found it in the fireplace and it was covered in blood. And they were like, we didn't know what this was, but now we know it's part of this fucking puppet. You murder. It's the murder, murder weapon. And now you're going to jail. Yep. Bitch. Yeah. Oh, we. I mean, we forgot to mention like Nick's There's mom. There's so many bits. And I know. Pieces. Nick's Nick's mom died eventually, and then his dad is just like a super shitty person who never treated women well, and is like has dementia and is cruel to everybody. Right. Yeah. Like Nick has has a bad relationship with his father, but like he was close with his mom. I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's even like worth. It's us just like yeah, background. Um. Yeah. So Nick gets arrested, but he gets out on bail, um, or bond whatever yeah That's the i same don't thing. know i don't know um, how jail works yeah <laughs> um and then meanwhile i think it, it what else happens with nick before i don't know she just doesn't look i good. think that i think i think he manages to get out but he's still like on suspicion and, and is awaiting right. the trial yes um but then he's about to be saved by his own wife's alive body eventually showing up but first, first. she has to make sure to pin the frame job on somebody else so um, we see her i mean basically she she's like learning stuff about desi and the camera situation and stuff yes she figures out where they all are yeah and she she tries to make him him look disheveled like when he leaves for work one day oh yeah she like bites his lip and like untucks his shirt in like a sexy way just and then and then as he's walking out the camera catches him like looking like he's been fighting off someone yeah um so she's kind of like setting the scene for him keeping someone at the lake house basically yeah and then she kind of also like 
pours red wine on herself which i guess i don't know why because it looks like blood i don't know Um, enough i mean from like a grainy camera yeah and she like poses in front of the camera and screams and stuff yeah she sets up a lot of stuff and and it's basically just trying to make it look like she's been kidnapped there for ages yeah um and then uh well she i mean she basically we see her we basically kind of create um wounds or like yep. you know that would be consistent with rape um like yes. even before anything happens yeah she uh, gets a champagne bottle and like yeah. sticks it up her nether regions <laughs> nether regions her I, don't know, I think it's i think it's her butt and her vagina right because yeah, she says right. she was sodomized later yeah she really she, goes to town on herself with this you know, thing one thing you can say about amy is she's a woman of dedication and commitment yep Yep, yeah. she's a planner. She's really dedicated. She's type A. I mean, yeah. these are all great qualities of Amy Dunn, you know? Mm-hmm. I've and always I said that. No downsides to Amy. <laughs> she's super hot. She'll great. take care of you. Awesome. Lots of money. Yeah. Oh, and I think, speaking of the money, I think it's also important to know that a lot of the tension in the relationship comes from the anxiety of being the man and not having money and the yeah. fact that Amy had them sign a prenup. Yes. And so, and which makes him look more guilty because, of course, he'd like, if he had to, if he's, if he got divorced, he would lose the money. Right. But Um, if he killed her, then he'd get all of her money. Right. And it also, it makes, it adds tension to their relationship because Nick doesn't like not being the earner. He doesn't like that she's wealthy. And even one of the cops is like, that's embarrassing. Like, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of that. I mean, again, this is sort of playing on like gender role stereotypes, right? I mean, it's like, these are the, this is the worst case scenario for like a stereotypical marriage bad -hmm. thing right and the reason amy is is able to play so much of the law enforcement officials is by drawing on those kind of gendered assumptions and knowing what people assume about these cases and being like a harmless white lady i mean she's about to like capitalize on that specifically like being like this conventionally attractive young white woman and like coming back from this horrible experience right um and they i mean there's they don't really go into this as much or like as explicitly but it's a known thing where if it's like a pretty young white woman goes missing all the news channels will be going nuts yeah and if they do show that a lot in the movie i think like like the news channels just constantly airing information about like where's amy dunn where is she but they don't overtly say like if it was a woman of color you know you wouldn't be getting this Um, oh the movie doesn't spell that out (laughs) i'm just i'm like they don't draw that comparison they don't they don't it didn't have to be like somebody on the news being like if this was a woman of color that would be kind of great if they just like had some activists like <laughs> randomly in the movie that were like, you know what's stupid? Like, just fucking, ever, like never mind. I'm going cisgender off white straight lady who's like rich. Like, yeah, naturally everybody's gonna pay attention to her. But yeah. like, look at all these other missing women. No, there's no plot line about that in this movie. No, no one cares. Have you ever, it's not have really you ever, grounded in reality. <laughs> have you ever seen the Patrice O'Neill bit where he's talking about people are obsessed with missing white women? No. And he says if he ever goes out into the ocean, he's going to clip a white baby to his belt. <laughs> because then they'll look for him. Yeah. And he's like, it's going to be the whitest baby ever. She's going to have Ugg boots on. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, R.I.P. Patrice. Anyway. Good shit. Where the fuck were we? Oh, this is so this oh, scene. Oh, this is the home stretch. We're in the home stretch. This scene kicks ass. Like, I really like It's pretty scene. amazing. Which so makes me like, sound weird, but I'm just, I'm saying it because it's like, it's Excellent. a beautifully executed murder scene. <laughs> yes. It's, I mean, the buildup in the, like, it's, as soon as Desi gets in the door, it's like, boom. That guy's gonna boom. die. But even the music in the background is like, boom. 
It's like, and then it like gets like, like it starts to build. Um, it's so good. <laughs> it um, is good. And so she's like sitting all sexy and she's like, take me now, blah, blah, blah. Which like, if you're a normal dude, her zero to 60 on like being sexually attracted to him would seem suspicious. Yeah, but he's been waiting so long. And at first right. he's like, come on, let's go slow. And she's like, nope, it's got to be rough. Right. She like rips his shirt off and yeah. um, is all like bitey and stuff. And so they go to the bedroom. Mm. Um, things get hot and heavy. Um, they fuck for like 10 seconds. Right. I said it's like it's a, it's a dark scene, but it's also kind of funny, though. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny that he like finishes really fast. But listen, oh my he's God. been waiting for Amy Dunn for 20 years, guys. But, you, know, you know, anyway. So I'll anyway, eat. she she reaches up under the pillow <gasps> while he's closing his eyes in ecstasy and she pulls out a box cutter and fucking slits his throat. It's amazing. <laughs> like, and I, there's blood everywhere. It is. Well, and it, and it pulses like it'll it, like the music is going wild and you'll get a pulse image and it goes to black and then a pulse image and it goes to black. And it's like almost his final heartbeats. Or, it's like it's really intense. Um, it's pretty amazing. There's blood everywhere. She pulls his hands away so he'll keep bleeding out. She's mm-hmm. covered in blood. It's nuts. They're both wearing like white underwear or yeah. silk sheets. She's wearing, like it's yeah. really like a stunning scene just yeah in terms of visuals and then yeah and then it's like it's such a release of tension in a weird way it's like what um and, and then, then she just like sits up and she just is like coldly looking at him and just kind of like flicks her hair back casually yeah. like i fucking did it i did the murder it's did you think amazing. though that she looked briefly emotional for a moment and then flipped her hair back i don't know i felt like she was pretty pretty like yeah. chill about murdering yeah i don't I, fo- I saw like a weird look on her face but then the hair flip was like you know pretty i chill. got this yeah. yeah she's back she's back so she's what fine. is what does amy do she drives on home um still without changing still covered in blood because she knows how to how to you know create a spectacle mm-hmm. she plays it up for the cameras and there's news cameras all around her right, house because they've been camping out she at- pulls up in desi's sports car mm-hmm and she limps over to Nick <laughs> yeah. and she she grabs onto him and, and he just whispers in her ear you fucking bitch and she pretends to faint and collapse <laughs> in his arms it's because like because at this point they both know what that just they know. happened yeah <laughs> it's kind of amazing it is it really is um so then we have all the fallout they question her at the hospital yeah Um, and this is a really interesting this is what i was kind of talking about with amy knowing enough about like gender roles to be able to play people yeah like Um, all the male cops are like totally taken with her and yeah like she's giving them answers that make no sense in terms of like their timeline at all there's so many holes in her story and um the female cop we've been with yeah ronda boney keeps being like uh what about the puppet like how did desi get the puppet thing we found that like way later yeah she's like i don't know i guess i had it i don't know anyway back to me and how i survived this horrific thing right and at one point after um um, Rhonda asks like a couple questions in a row. One of the like federal guys looks back at her like, dude, like, would you chill out? Give the lady yeah. some space. And he even like, he's not just doing questioning. He's like, he's like, don't blame yourself. And so like, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's comforting too, which is it's like, because like everyone has just grown to love Amy Dunn's story. And they're so glad she's back that they're willing to accept like any absurd explanation other than like, 
saying like, oh, her story really has some holes in it. Right. This part of the movie is pretty unrealistic. I feel like if this happened yeah. in real life, people would instantly turn. The Amy Dunn backlash would be swift. <laughs> like people yeah. would be like, what the fuck happened with this? Like it's suspicious. But in this fantasy, it all works out. I mean, in the maybe because like David Fincher and I don't know how old Gillian whatever it is but like in the twitter internet era yeah there wasn't twitter yet this is like during about it. like 2010 before twitter was like as big of a deal i guess i don't know yeah but there would be like like reddit threads analyzing stuff and figuring yeah, out the timeline yeah there would be timeline. conspiracy theories those oh, red yeah. pill guys they would figure it out you know they, they're well, the real all their, heroes all their dreams would come true that they <laughs> oh could find a woman God. that you know fulfilled all their expectations of women yeah Ugh. um but and so like Nick doesn't really Nick is like kind of frozen he's like what do I do and he keeps saying that he's gonna like rat on her yeah um, and, and he's keeps, like I'm gonna leave her I'm gonna find a way to leave her I just don't know how to do it and, and he, like yeah he meets with Rhonda and Tanner and blah blah and well well um Amy confesses the fact that she killed Desi yes she well, made in self-defense according to her well, it, well, it's like sketchy. Well, like Nick knows that she's full of shit, and she's like, "I killed him to get to you," and he's like, "You bitch, you're crazy." But he makes <laughs> she makes him talk to her about it in the shower, naked, yes. so she knows he's not wearing a wire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's, I mean, she's nuts, but she's good. You know, I know it's amazing. Um, and there's Ben Affleck's donger, but whatever. Yeah, you can see his dick. I guess I don't know. I feel anyway. Like- Anyway. Yeah, that's important. You're right. You're right. Um, oh, I feel like we've brought it up in every movie where we see somebody's donger, and so I feel like donger watch is important. <laughs> Let's watch two dongs. Oh, um, God. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like this shower scene because it's like, I mean, this is like the last five, 10 minutes of the movie. Um, and it's like, this is when it's finally established why she did all these things, which is like, I just wanted to keep our relationship exciting and like (laughs) finally make you live up to your true potential. Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing here? And it's Mm. like crazy, but that's her logic essentially. And she's like, you're finally, you know, measuring up to me and like actually doing shit and making an end of the bargain yeah. yeah 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 and he's like bitch he's so <laughs> taken aback you like yeah. cannot um and there's a well, then, so then she's like she's washing the blood off herself and nick's just yep. like kind of staring and, like, at her posing sexily while like and she's yeah. like shampoo it's amazing <laughs> um and then she this is one of my favorite parts she like is all like in a bathrobe and and she climbs into bed and um he's like was he's like tucking her in but he's like not getting in beside her right and he's like was there ever a baby and she goes there could be and she pats the bed next to her. i know and, and like are you insane quietly leaves <sighs> and goes to the guest room and locks the door behind him and just sits with the cat sadly. that was actually kind of scary to me like that <laughs> that image of nick holding the cat and like not being able to sleep that was pretty creepy it is creepy. Yeah. I mean, he is living with like a diabolical mastermind who yeah. controls his life. That is a little creepy. Yeah. 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 Um, but he talks to Tanner and they have like a meeting, Tanner mm-hmm. and Rhonda mm-hmm. and Margot. And he's told Rhonda like what happened and Rhonda seems believes him. But there's nothing they can do. It's at like a federal level now. No one's going to believe him, basically. Um, yada, yada. Um, and so Nick, they're preparing to do an interview with the Nancy Grace lookalike. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nick is like talking to himself in the mirror, amping himself up, basically being like, you know, she's manipulative. She blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, like as though preparing for the interview, like as though he's going to say those things on the interview. That's yeah. what I thought he was going to do. Me too. Yeah. And then 
Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Amy says, I got a present for you. And he opens it. And it's a positive... Pregnancy test. Pregnancy test. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Nick's like, what? I didn't I didn't touch you. Well, guys, guess what? We forgot to mention this. Um, yeah. Like, way earlier, they talk about, like, doing fertility testing, like, during the arguments that they had about the baby and stuff. And that's yeah. how she got his sperm, guys. <gasps> sperm jacking. Amy Dunn literally sperm jacks Nick Dunn. <laughs> It is uh, everything the MRIs have been saying is true. It's all true, guys. It's all here. It's all. It's, it's pretty crazy. And like she's like, <laughs> we're having a baby, and he's like, gee, he's like freaking out. Yeah. Um, and he slams her against the wall. And guys, he calls. Yeah, her the, guys. He calls her the c word. He does call her the c word. And I mean, this is also like a scene where Nick actually gets violent with Amy. Yeah. Um, and right. I I was reading like some threads too where I was like trying to find out what people thought about whether or not their relationship was physically abusive and a lot of people cited this scene as being like maybe he abused her before this we don't know mm. yeah but um he I mean he definitely does have temper issues we saw him s- smash the glass and everything right right and this is like a real scene that's happening right. like this is but the, I mean she did yeah. sperm jack him though so I mean if somebody sperm jacks you if you somebody gotta... sperm jacks you then I, I think you get to beat them up I think that's like laws yeah. I don't know that's JK guys don't, don't beat anybody up but also I, like don't sperm jack anybody I don't it's know. a it's a little rude to sperm jack people I know a lot of people have been doing it these days it's it's like <laughs> it's a re- fever around really, America it's just like kids these days they're really into sperm jacking they're, they're smoking really turkey basters <laughs> they're smoking pot they're snapchatting they're sperm jacking it's it's gotta stop somewhere it's an epidemic um yeah. it was like really i think it all kicked off in in 2010 with gone girl but anyway um <laughs> they learned yeah it, yeah this i don't know we're this is like the end basically so then they go and do the interview together well, well i i really like that thing though where she's like I'm a cunt you married that whole yeah <laughs> and she's yeah. like you were happiest when you were trying to meet my expectations and it's like yes it shows that they have this dynamic that's like really unhealthy and messed up and they're kind con- like Tanner Boldman is like you guys are made for each other basically but like, like are they I mean does Nick ever really measure up to Amy when it comes to like being manipulative well, no, that's not what I'm saying but Nick also I mean obviously it's stacked against him but he also chooses not to leave her he does because and then there's this like really sad scene intercut here where he's like talking to Margot, his sister, and he's like, you know, Amy sperm jacked me. I don't <laughs> I don't fucking know. Like she sperm jacked me. Now she's going to have my kid and I can't leave because I have to like take care of the kid. Yeah. And Margot's like, dude, you should probably just leave because you're never going to get custody. And now you're never going to be able to get out of this horrible relationship. And Nick is like, yeah, I can't leave, though. Yeah, but then Margo's like, oh my god, you can't leave her. Basically being like, regardless of the excuse, like, he can't leave her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was like, ooh. I don't even know what to read into that, though. I, I, don't, I don't either, because I, I kind of got it, because I was like, Amy is such a mastermind that even if he tried to leave, she yeah. would just either find him and kill him, mm-hmm. or, like, something else. I don't know. She would I find guess. some But I feel, it, I mean, I, it also, I get this feeling that, like, the Knicks of the world created the Amy Duns, but that's not yeah. to say they're equal. I, I don't know, know. That's true. It's complicated. I mean, everybody in this movie is just a symbol. But anyway, yeah. the, the final the final shots of the movie are the interview, and in the mm-hmm. interview, it's kind of like shown that Nick sort of succumbs to his fate. And they announce um, that they're they pregnant. They announce that they're going to be parents, mm-hmm. and that's, that's like the final shot of the movie. No, the um, final shot is her resting. It's the same as the beginning oh, shot. Oh, right. It's her right. resting. Um, it's Nick's. It's from Nick's perspective, looking down at Amy, 
and his hand is on her hair and she like looks up at him. Um, And it starts with that, with him saying that he never knows it's on what he wish he could tell what his wife was thinking he says he wish he could crack her skull open yeah and he sta- her it brains. starts out with like this very violent yeah. little monologue from nick where he's like i wish i could crack her skull open and unspool find her out what brain she's thinking you know yeah. and like he kind of repeats that at the end and then you kind of get it because you're like oh because amy's mind is like this absurd maze of like bizarre torture <laughs> manifestations but it's also like, like what it's also trying to like hammer home is like that whole like the fearful part of marriage thing like that intimacy that you never and also like just the fear of like what women are really thinking and like are they scheming against you to ruin your entire life (laughs) and like sperm jack you and like lie to everybody (laughs) i mean it's also about like trust between human beings though you can only take somebody at their word but you never really know what they're thinking and and right in a marriage that's especially scary when there's so much on the line so i think that was like a big thing too yeah 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 but it was mostly like sperm jacking what i'm saying is it's mostly about sperm jacking (laughs) i mean like you know everybody can relate to that god i don't know this movie i i i guess we already like said a lot of our conclusions but it is i think you could definitely critique this movie um you know for for some of the things it portrays or maybe not being grounded enough in like reality or in realistic characters or something like that but i was okay with that um i don't know i was I think- okay with it because it like it gets kind of funny by the end and I yeah. kinda, i've kind of said this already but like i feel like if anything the movie is just arguing how incredibly difficult it would be to really ruin somebody's life in this way yeah and i think it's also kind of an interesting revenge fantasy as a thing that you would never really do because like Nick is representative of like a variety of ways that male partners have mistreated me in my life, just like Mm. mundane ways. Right. And like, like, you know, cheating or whatever. And like in those moments, you're always like, God, I just wish this guy would like get comeuppance in some way and you'd never really do anything about it. And like, I think that's like a human thing. Like if somebody treats you badly, you're like, fuck this guy. Yeah. I guess I'll just kill him. But like, you're joking. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But this revenge fantasy is like, just so fucking over the top to be like, okay, I'll just invent a fake diary presenting like Mm. the the facts of our life. And then I'll like invent like all these other fake credit card purchases. And then I'll just like create a murder weapon. And then I'll create a scavenger hunt and the cops will find it in this specific order. And meanwhile, I'll have escaped and I'll have thousands and thousands of dollars and he'll never find me. And, like it's it's i mean it's a revenge fantasy and i i think i think like the fact that we almost never see revenge fantasies that have a woman in them is part of why people like read a lot into this you know because it's like oh like is this what all women are secretly thinking and like fuck no i couldn't even come up with this shit i don't know (laughs) if gillian's okay or whatever but like i don't even know where she got this but like i i do think that like having a revenge fantasy with a female character in like that role is cool because we see so many male revenge Mm. movies and a lot of uh, they involve violence against women yeah and i'd say like a lot of the female revenge fantasies we see are like it's just male revenge fantasies with a woman as the main character you know what i mean like kill bill is a male revenge fantasy but it just stars a woman it is and it's like it's very black and white i think it's kind of reductive too because it like creates this sort of strong female character paradigm where it's like well you know women should just fight off men and like that should be a way that everything works out right and it's like actually more complicated than that um 
But I think that this movie is presenting like a very different and less simple story that makes people really uncomfortable because it's not like, oh, like a man tried to attack me and then I killed him. Like it's it's like a man did some kind of shitty things. Yeah. Like cheating and like maybe pushing me around like was kind of a a horrible partner. And then I set up a way for him to die (laughs) elaborately. Like, it's like, uh, the punishment doesn't really fit the crime. Right. But it's still kind of amazing. I don't know. Yeah, I think, and we're going to, I mean, we'll talk more about this too, because we're watching, we're pairing this with Hard Candy, which is another female revenge fantasy film. Yeah, which I've never seen, and I know almost nothing about. So that'll be interesting for me. And I quite like it. But so what I like about both these films is they introduce a really complex and female idea of revenge. Um, and what I like about Gone Girl is there are parts in the movie where you're like, oh, my God, like, this is insane. And then there are parts of the movie where despite your best efforts, you kind of feel empathy with Amy or you feel like a little like validated or you feel like your anger is, is somewhat relatable. And then you kind of realize what she's doing on a larger yeah. scale. And you're like, God, this is terrible. But you're also kind of like, next kind of shitty though like <laughs> so I, I it's lo- weird it's like a weird mess of emotions to have yeah so i think it's just really interesting how um the movie does and the narrative does a good job of pulling you side to side and like kind of making you think about how somebody might earn your sympathy or your allegiance and and what your own kind of catharsis and, and revenge fantasy would entail um so i i thought that was interesting and, and what we could talk more about that on uh, the next episode Yeah, for sure. And I will Mm -hmm. also say that, like, much as I think Nick is, like, stupid, it it is, I think the same thing kind of happens with his arc in this movie, too, where, like, he he keeps almost getting ahead of Amy, and you kind of are rooting for him when you're seeing that, where he's like, oh, like okay, so the interview went well or whatever, and you don't really want him to keep smiling for the cameras like an idiot. You're like, come on, Nick, like, get it together. Stop being an idiot. But, like, he keeps fucking up and, like, saying the wrong things to the cops, and you're like, fucking Nick. And then, like, Amy will drop another bombshell, and you're like, oh, right, Amy's amazing and, like, thought of this. So you're, like, kind of rooting for both of them. It's like a good chess game in that way. Right, well, and it's in that way, it kind of puts you in the perspective of Amy, where she sees it as a game. She sees yes. it as, as like she kind of wants Nick to step up and to like really give her a challenge in a way um so I, I think that's that's cool as well yeah great relationship you know what? yeah uh, relationship goals <laughs> all right well I think we covered it I think we did a good job I think so I hope so I um, think we acknowledged the serious problem of sperm jacking and that was really our intention all along oh was that okay i was planning on like sperm jacking a, a, like a lot of people after this but like after tonight I watched gone after, girl, this, after this episode after i watched gone girl i was like guys maybe sperm jacking is wrong yeah um I, so i guess should... i'm gonna have to like throw out all those condoms that i got that all have needle pricks in them more people should be talking about it there should needs to be like a celebrity advocate <laughs> against sperm jacking why aren't more people talking about where is the outrage where are people speaking out i want to see some real you know advocacy efforts you know i don't know the stats on sperm jacking but i'm pretty sure it's like yet another thing that doesn't really happen right like i mean i whatever it's got to be rare as hell but maybe i'm i you know whatever no one's ever sperm jacked me so how would i know so anyway uh we're gonna watch hard candy next week and That'll be fun. And mm-hmm. also we're on Twitter um, and we have an email address. Uh, our Twitter is Let's Watch 2. 
mm-hmm. T W O. And our email is let's watch two movies, and you can do the digit two or spell it out. I mean, either way, it'll get to us. Um, and if you want, you can let us know how wrong we are about sperm jacking or whatever. Or in one sentence or less. Yeah, in one sentence or less. If you're if you're going to criticize our show, um, and you can rate and review us on iTunes or subscribe on SoundCloud. And it's always nice to read reviews from people. Oh, um, we're supposed to we're supposed to plug our individual Twitters too. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, I'm Mitty Myers on Twitter. I am Marilyn Murr. Um, DM me. Hey. <laughs> And we talk to each other all the time on there. So you I feel like sometimes like, I'm like, I'll be like, Maddie said blah, blah. I'm like, what if no one fucking knows who Maddie is? But it's cool. <laughs> How could they follow either of us and not know who the other one is, is the real question. My whole life is about cross promotion, so. I, you know what? Our whole lives are about this podcast, which we rarely put out. But this is it's what I'm still saying. what our entire lives are about. That's <laughs> we how. put relationships yeah. aside for this, yeah. folks. Yeah. Anyway, we did it. We did it. All right. That's the ep. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Until next time. We will be watching watching two two movies. movies. I was going to say dongs, but I didn't. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Follow us at AtomicBlueProductions.com or support us at Patreon.com slash AtomicBlueProductions.